Mm, yes. Tokyo Teller. So delicious. No, no match. Your mecca is no match for mighty Kyle Zilla. Did, did Kyle fall asleep watching anime in the studio? Mm, yeah, he sleeps like an angel. As in a code blue angel? <laughs> no, I mustn't run away. Oh, unfamiliar ceiling. Oh, hi Wait, I'm back? I was Kyle Zilla. How did you turn me back? Kyle Zilla? We can't be sued for saying that, uh, right? Dude, grab your scripts. we got to do the show. Huh. It was all a dream. Or, or was, was it? it? Well, yeah, it was. Launch the Ava. Ava launch! Tatsuo! Ganida! Onita! It's over 9,000! Nani? Configure the language logic interface for Japanese. Kawaii-fi. Kawaii-fi. Kawaii-fi Radio. Kawaii-fi Radio. Konnichiwa, and welcome to a new episode of Kawaii-fi Radio, the podcast where we look into the world of anime, manga, and all things in between. I'm your host, Kyle, and joining me are my crazy co-hosts, Coco and Kenny. How you doing, guys? Howdy doody. We good. Yeah, just good. <laughs> I answered Kenny just then. I'm not crazy. How no. could you call me crazy? Just a little bit. <laughs> like this. Crazy. Now, <laughs> we've got a jam-packed show because it is a season in review, but oh on the note of season in review, we had to quickly find a certain anime that we had completely forgot about to watch. Yeah, it completely <laughs> fell by the wayside. We had so much on our plate. I still haven't caught up with you guys on a bunch of things. Mm. And then we just sort of realized that Carolyn Tuesday, the one thing that we were absolutely oh, looking yeah. forward to this season, and we, we hadn't it. seen a single second of it. Oh, God. Now, there is a caveat here because um, Carolyn Tuesday is very difficult to find. Um, it's due to its licensing agreement for Netflix Japan. Um, we managed to track down um, a few episodes online on YouTube, of all places. Thank um, you, YouTube. Yep. Uh, we're not going to mention who got them, but we didn't do anything. Um, we just watched and it, man. Wow. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, wow. Beautiful. <laughs> um, admittedly, I'm very biased on this because it, coming from a musical background, and we'll go more into the show itself, but needless to say, once we get this the full thing internationally released. Mm. I'm going to binge that. In mm. the words of uh, Poison's Brett Michaels, stunningly beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> we never say that in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming from Coco's background of watching some very trashy TV. Oh yes, I'm not. Pr- I'm, I'm. I'm not proud of it, but I'm not going to hide the fact that I love me some good nasty manky trash. <laughs> <laughs> we all have our little vices, and we all have our tastes. Um, Random segueing into it, Kyle, you've been looking at something which neither me nor Coco have any idea of. Uh, yeah, Grimoire of Zero. Uh, tell us more. I saw the Zero and the RE in the Japanese styling and thought it was oh. related to Re Zero. Oh, gosh. It is not. <laughs> is that, that is, is it, like, better? Like, w- will it leave you not feeling like you want to, you know, like, end it all? Like, um, Re Zero does. Both, both. Both. Both is good. That, that is my answer. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so, Grimoire of Zero came out, I think, about nine to 12 months ago. And I've been sitting there on my two-watch list and just never got around to it. And then one night, I couldn't sleep, and I decided, you know what? I'm, I'm doing some stuff um, for, for work. I'll put this on in the background and have a watch while mm. I'm doing it. And uh, 
it's uh, it's not an isekai. It is a fantasy setting. You have a witch, um, and you've got a main character who is, uh, I guess you'd call him. I think they call them Beastborn. I can't remember. It was a, a, over a week ago since I binged so through it late at night. his parents he, were into his, illegal No, practices. no, no. So his parents were human, but it seems there's a curse which is occasionally occurs on newborn children where they are turned into beast men, if you will. So um, this particular guy has been turned into a white tiger humanoid. He's super big. He's very fluffy. Lots so of jokes around that. Half tiger, half white, half human. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, sure there's I'm, just a, I'm a bad sure I'm pig joke here sorry <laughs> I was going to say I'm sure there is a joke in there I'm not going to do it um, but um it it's actually been quite good um yeah. I, I I was pleasantly surprised so the, the overarching story is this guy is actually out hunting witches because um everyone believes that the curse on children uh, turning into beasts which happens very occasionally is because of the witches okay um it's not um, and he accidentally stumbles across a witch who isn't trying to kill him. And I guess shenanigans ensue. Um, As they often do in anime. It's, it's, I don't want to give too much away. Um, e- either way, let's just say that the witch pretends to be his slave and he's obviously going around being a witch hunter, which gets him in most places, <laughs> um, without them actually realising there is a witch right by his side the whole time. <laughs> and um, okay, yeah. some of the inventive phrasing they use to uh, get into um, certain areas is not PG. Um, I, I was quite surprised to see that. I thought this was definitely an all-ages friendly anime. It is not. Mm-hmm. Um, probably more in the uh, M15 plus uh, bracket. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is highly amusing, to say the least. <laughs> Well, that does sound pretty good. We're mm-hmm. gonna have to have a watch of it. We will. We I can will. Do it for a good it, laugh. It's not going to be a re-zero though. No, it's, it's absolutely not. nothing to do with re-zero. You know how I feel about. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> let, let, let's talk. So this episode is time for a season in review, and the spring mm-hmm. season is done and dusted. Mm-hmm. So we've got returning franchises to short form series, and we'll be looking at the shows that have caught our eye and what we thought while we were watching them. Um, and we'll give we, them arbitrary ratings as yeah, well. Yeah, which mean absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, Everything's made up and the points don't matter. Exactly. Um, now, we won't be able to cover everything and there were um, shows that we did intend to watch and didn't get around to, which we'll, some we'll mention at the end. Others, we watched the first episode and were really disenfranchised or just didn't, it didn't grab at all. Mm-hmm. So we, we'll, we'll obviously leave them. And it'll give you a good cross-section of what kind of has been the big hitters this season yes. because most of the stuff that has done well has as it turns out, resounded pretty well with us. Um, and on the note of big hitters, Neon Genesis has finally landed on Netflix internationally. It's giving anime fans a chance to watch a show that's defined a generation, but the Netflix version is not without its problems, and that's uh. something we'll get into after the news. Making headlines. Really? Sort of. Anime news. Cells at Work wins a Magnolia Award and a fourth season of Food Wars is on the way. This is Kawaii Fi Anime News. The first 10 minutes and 40 seconds of Studio Kara's fourth and final Shin Evangelion film will be screened at the Japan Expo event in Paris on July 6th, according to its distribution partner, Toei. The video will show the introduction scenes up to the film's title card and is part of a string of showings internationally on July 6th, including LA's Anime Expo. 
The previews are part of an event called Operation 0706, which ties the upcoming Shin Evangelion films in with a new free app called Ava Extra, due out on July 1st. The app will provide information on the operation along with in-depth information on the program and franchise and any new news from the series itself. Anthropomorphic Cells Anime, Cells at Work, has taken home the Best Storytelling Award at China's Magnolia Awards this month. The Shanghai Television Festival was held on June 18th and had to beat the past 12 months of animated shows to take home the award. A second season for the show is in the works, but no details around its release date have been announced at this stage. With season shows coming to their end, several have made announcements on their futures. The final episode of Otherworld crossover anime, Isekai Quartet, announced the show will be receiving a second season, with 12 12-minute 12 long episodes already aired. Another short-form anime, Yatagame-chan Observation Diary, has also announced the second season is in the works through the show's official Twitter. And the website of Midnight Occult Civil Servants has announced a two-episode OVA is in the works with a September 25th release date. However, we may be waiting for the anime Blu-rays to release before we see them the rest, as it will be exclusively streamed on Japanese cable service Hikari TV. A fourth season of cooking battle anime, Food Wars, has been announced this fortnight, with the show due for release in October this year. Officially titled Shikeku no Shoma. Oh, come on, guys. <laughs> we just want to psych you out. I want to go, I want to go at reading the news. <laughs> all right, so this is what this is all about. <laughs> all right, <laughs> next time. All right, all right. Let, please, let me finish the news. Okay, we will discuss this at length. <laughs> all right, apologies. <laughs> so, a fourth season of cooking battle anime Food Wars Shikeku no Soma has been announced this fortnight with the show due for release in October this year. Officially titled Shikeku no Soma Shin no Sara, or The Fourth Plate, the series announcement was revealed in Weekly Shonen Jump magazine's 29th issue, the same issue the manga's final chapter was released. Along with season 4 announcement, three extra chapters for the manga were announced to run in the monthly Jump Giga, starting on July 27th. Titled Le Desert, the chapters are expected to finish wrapping up the story, hopefully tying up a few loose ends. And it might be almost 20 years too late, but Studio Ghibli's Spirited Away has seen its first ever release in Chinese mainland cinemas. The film took the number one spot at the box office with 195 million won or 285 million US dollar take over its opening weekend, ranking above Toy Story 4, which opened the same day. It's the second Studio Ghibli film to be released in Chinese cinemas following the 30th anniversary release of My Neighbor Totoro in 2018. Spirited Away is the only non-English animated feature to win the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. In dub news, Hibiki Euphonium's third movie has revealed its English voice cast, with much of the series' voice cast reprising their roles. The all-star voice cast includes Erica Mendes, Laura Post, Christine Cabanos and Lucine Dodge, and will be heading to the US cinemas from July 15th, with the subtitled Japanese version hitting on July 11th. And saving the best till last, the July issue of Katakawa's Shonen Ace has revealed wrestling isekai manga series Kimono Michi will be receiving an anime adaptation in October this year. The manga follows masked wrestler Genzo Shibata, who likes all kinds of animals and creatures. One day, he's summoned to another world, where a princess asks him to help, magical help kill magical beasts, but he gets mad and puts her in a German suplex. <laughs> Unable to get back to Earth, he decides to live a peaceful life and manage a monster pet stop. The manga was launched in 2016 and is written by Natsumi Akatsuki, the creator of Konosuba. And that's your anime news for the week ending June 30, 2019. <laughs> oh, shut up, and... <laughs> yep. shut up and take my anime monies. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Did you, did you say he goes back to Earth? No, he tries to and he can't, so he sets up a pet shop. Oh, 
for monsters. That's... This is a pro wrestler. Yep. Um, like, a like Japanese a luchador. Lucha, well, I, I, luch, he does well, wear a mask, actually, yeah, in the pictures. Lucha trained. Yeah. Pro oh. Japanese wrestler. Oh, this ah. is amazing. Yeah. So the, the manga's been running since 2016. It looks hilarious. Oh, I, this is... I've put off reading it when I found this out. I mean, I only oh. really got into wrestling because you guys introduced me to the Japanese World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, now all I can think of is just... That kind of randomness with Konosuba insanity. And uh, all I'm imagining is because, I mean, if you haven't watched Japanese pro wrestling, um, there's some should. pretty interesting characters in there, such as Cheeseburger. Yes, <laughs> um, he, he's Ring of Honor. Is he Ring of Honor now? Yes, oh. but let's shout out Cheeseburger. And, oh, yeah. Oh, Sonata and, and Evil. Yeah. And, who, who come and, to the stage going, everything is evil. And <laughs> I, I know his name. What, the Rainmaker? The, the, no, 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 no. No, the, the guy with the hair. The, oh, the guy Takahashi? With Yes, Tanahashi. Tanahashi. Oh boy, oh, that yeah. man. That man has better hair than anyone. Seriously, ever. You because think he's you worth have it. good hair days? You don't. This, <laughs> this guy has them all. He has all of them. So uh, basically, all of that in an anime with adorable monster animals. Yes. <gasps> Sounds good, doesn't After it? After suplexing oh. a princess. That, <laughs> I, I, I believe at this point it's expected to land in October. Um, oh. We'll see if that's correct or not. That's, that's what the release I found earlier. said. Um, mm. please, please stop trying to trip me up during news reading. <laughs> I will let you read the news soon. I okay, Coco? Go. You can have a go, all right? We, we, we'll, we'll come to that. And apologies, listeners. Sometimes it's a bit hard when... You know, your co-hosts are waving flags in front of you it and putting f- anime figurines in suggestive positions. I just put my torch on. Yeah, yeah, and shine it in my eyes. Like, what, what could possibly oh, go I wrong? Not do that. Yeah, totally. Everyone is. who's listening, you can just ignore him because he's just—he he's, just wants to keep the news to himself. Is that sexy anime figure yours, Coco? Pro- probably not. No. no. <laughs> um. Not oh, all. but yeah, Spirited Away. Yeah. In China, yeah. like of, of all places. I mean, no, I. I mean, I, I can understand why it had such a massive um, opening. Oh yeah, because of course everyone knows about Spirited Away. But the thing is, you can buy it on you know back alley DVDs. <laughs> there, so it's not like people haven't seen it. But I yeah. mean, the whole idea of it taking out the top spot in front of everything else that's in cinema at the moment—that is just—I feel like that's simply a testament to Miyazaki's Totoro did as well. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't surprise yeah. me. It's, it's, it's kind of like when you've got um, films that you've only ever seen on your television screen and they are suddenly mm. re-released in the cinema, like Star Wars uh, or Back to the Future, and you're like, oh, oh yeah, my gosh, like, well, I'm, I'm getting there. I mean, I'm I went to see Back to the Future um, when they had that re-release in the cinemas and because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we grew up well after it was in the cinemas. Oh, <laughs> so, gosh, yeah. you know, that, that experience too. was amazing. It's so worth it. It's so worth it. I just remember when I went to see, because I went to see all three of the original Star Wars back to back, Mm. and the the bit where uh, it's late at night, I'm losing my words. I know them; they're there. But you know the Mm. bit where he goes through that place. Yes, the trench run. Yes. Yes. See, I know this. Yeah. Um, the trench run on a big screen is incredible. Mm. Incredible. 
I'm also imagining there's probably a lot of people yelling don't do it and stuff during it as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> people get into it. It's great. Yeah. And Neon Genesis, um, which we are going to talk about in a moment, but yes. the first 10 minutes of the fourth film to be aired on the 6th of July that in multiple locations around the world. quite a tease, isn't it? I'm really hoping this app they're talking about will actually let you watch that 10 minutes mm, because otherwise I'm going to be really annoyed. Do you reckon <laughs> the servers are going to get overloaded? Oh, yeah. Straight away. Yeah. Guaranteed. Um, I've been waiting, like, because this was going to come out in 2014. Yeah. Like, that's five years ago. And it's not coming out till I next remember. year. And it was meant to be originally, like, 2006, 8, 10, and 12. It seems like, um, <laughs> Anno seems to, I mean, it's quite a, an emotional undertaking oh, yeah. for him, isn't it? Well, I mean, the, that, the, the, he said the this. reason he stopped and went to do uh, Shin Godzilla we because, was because of how draining um, the actual filming yeah. and writing process and was. I know how that can be. It's yeah. intense. And, and watching those films was draining, to yeah. be honest. Like, Especially the third one, because say, everything goes completely oh, off the, the wall. It's, one. it's an emotional roller coaster. Like, yeah. I mean, if you've watched the original Neon Genesis, you, you know what it's like, but then you get to, I think it's like the... Times it by five. Yeah, like the, f- the 15th Angel or something, and then they go completely off on a completely different tangent and do a time yeah, jump. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, metaphysical. They do. Well, yes, with that in mind, let's talk about Neon Genesis. Wi-Fi Radio. I think I watched that as a kid. Oh yeah, I remember that. Back catalogue. Yes, and this time it's Neon Genesis Evangelion. The one you've been waiting for, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. This so one. Neon Genesis was my gateway drug into the world of anime. Oh, and I was, was about fifteen and it was on after my Taekwondo training sessions and I actually learnt about it because the only other guy in the group who was my age told me about it. Mm. Oh. And then that w- I started it watching SBS? it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah late night on our multicultural channel here. Mm. Um and oh, <laughs> it, it's it really wish, really introduced me to it. At I 15, really it was great. wish that I'd caught it mm. on TV when it was on. I think I was going to say you caught it a few years later when it was out on I think um, on DVD or on another channel. I I no well, yeah it was DVD that I watched it because I went out of my way to watch it because mm. I was I'd heard about this yeah. I'd never actually seen it so I had to go I went to Planet Video. Mm. And that's where oh. I found it. Yeah, and and obviously we've got the other end of the scale, which is you, Kenny, who you didn't see much of it till recently. Uh, uh for, I mean, for years I had seen the toys and stuff, and just not really given much thought. I'd seen pictures and stuff in random comic books as ads, mm. and it's uh, always referred to, isn't it? It's constantly referred mm. to. It has just infiltrated every aspect of anime and pop culture to some degree. Mm. Well, I mean, and, um, it says a lot when you actually, um, I noticed this and I think I mentioned it a, a couple of episodes ago, but I was reading an old, um, one of the Marvel comics on their, um, you know, how they do like the backlisting of all yeah. their old yeah, yeah. On lo- their comics online. Um, I was reading Fantastic Four and they had an Evangelion Unit 1 sitting in the kid's toy crate. I'm like, this wow. is like As 99. What on earth is going on here? Yeah. So it was when I actually only moved up to the city and uh, was living out of my sister and her roommate's place for a few days that he had the box set of Evangelion and I caught the first six episodes of it and I was just like, whoa, okay, what's yeah. this? Mm. 
Mm. Now, I mean, Neon Genesis, um, to give you some background, it was released in Japan and it 95? ran from October 4th, 1995 through till yeah. March 27, 96. So 26 episode run. It's both critically acclaimed and very controversial um, mm. because of the way some of the themes are addressed. Um, it's quite cult. Yeah, it's got a very strong cult following. And it was created by the anime fan studio, Gainax. Now, Gainax was set up by literally a group of people who loved anime and said, we want to make anime. Mm. Um, And they were all like artists and graduates and they just did it. Um, and Inspiring, yeah. It's grossed over 150 billion yen, which is approximately 1.2 billion US dollars since its release. Now, it's set 15 years after an apocalyptic event called The Second Impact, and Neon Genesis follows the story of Shinji. He's a 14-year-old boy estranged from his narcissistic and sociopathic father, Gendo. Gendo runs a government organization, the perfect place for a sociopath, mm. called Nerve. Now, it's actually, I, I only just realized this after, you know, 25 years of mm. watching it, <laughs> um, that it's actually, all the names are based off Germanic names. So it's not Nerve, it's Nerve. Nerve? Okay. Yeah, because the previous, um, I, I, I'm probably sure I've botched that in our pronunciation, but the previous entity that the, um, the organization was, was a German word as well. Oh, so okay. it's, there's some continuity there to do with Germanic. Okay. And uh, we'll, we'll come to this in a moment. But he, Gendo's urge agency is tasked with preventing the third impact, um, which uh, they believe could be caused the end of the world and all life remaining on it, much they of life being killed. They believe it's imminent, don't they? They do. Now, the first impact is the dinosaurs. And I'm going to learn you something, which is going to make watching Neon Genesis much easier. So uh, this is never explicitly said, but it is shown on screen. There are two locations which are underground chasms in the Neon Genesis anime. Mm. Mm. One of them is in Antarctica, one of them is underneath Tokyo 3. These are the seeds of life that have been planted on Earth. There is only meant to be one seed on Earth, thus the conflict. Ah. So if one seed breeds uh, humans, say, what does the other seed breed out? Angels, which is what the big villains are. Now, this has never been written in canon, but it has been found in three interviews with Anno. Ah. Yeah. That's cool. Now, of course, uh, when you say angels, I don't suppose you're talking about the fluffy winged creatures that look very, very pretty. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're talking kaiju-esque sort of things. So the show opens with Shinji being asked by his father to come to Tokyo 3 to visit him. And, you know, he's been estranged from his father. His father's For, for years, like a, about you know, 10 years, I'd say. He's like, a bit he of a how's it going. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. his father essentially... Um, he summons when, him. Yeah, he summons him. And when Shinji arrives, a colossal monster called an angel is attacking the city. And um, Misato, who is like the main female uh, guardian for Shinji throughout the season series, um, rescues him from it tromping on, a, I think it was a helicopter, and mm. uh, takes him to their, the nerve yeah. base underneath mm-hmm. the city. It's great timing, really. Very yeah. convenient timing. <laughs> Who would have thought? So yeah. his father essentially forces Shinji to pilot a giant bioorganic robot to fight this enemy, essentially through guilt. Manipulative. Yeah, to a very problem. manipulative. And that's where the story begins. Now, it starts off as just, you know, your classic big, you know, robot versus giant monster anime. But it gradually introduces a lot of different subtext. So you've got, there's a heavy use of Christian idiomisms and, uh, oh. It seems as a well lot. like this there's a lot of um kabbalistic and jewish influence as well and it also appears from the get-go that this this evangelion this massive robot isn't just 
a robot. Mm-hmm. And we, we won't obviously spoil it because there's going to be a lot of people who haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, and that is for the part because for the past decade. For the past decade, I, I can use my words good. Um, getting a hold of the series legally was borderline impossible. And that was, well, un- unless insane amounts of money was no objective, say, you know, a month's rent. Mm. Um, and I mean, you know, a lot. So the DVD set retailed for hundreds of dollars here in Australia when it was in print. And I had to order it in specially. And that was when I was working for a, a DVD hi-fi company mm. back in 09. And even as staff, it took months to find the copy. Wow. So not, not good. So in 2008, the rights holder ADV America went under. They were the one who did the original dub and original sub and distribution of it. Uh-huh. Um, and the only copies you could find were being resold by people online, typically <laughs> at a markup of over 200%. And you couldn't be sure what you were getting was genuine either. That checks out. So that's why this series is so hotly anticipated to come on Netflix. Um, and we'll come to the, the the Netflix part of that in a moment. But um, back to the show itself. Mm. It's I, re- I I think all of us can recommend you watch it. Yeah. It's very worth it's, it. Now, something I think needs to be said because there, there are some very diehard Evangelion fans out there. You don't have to like it. It's bloody confusing. Like Coco said before, it's cult. There are the people outside of the cult will look at it and just think, huh? Mm. Whereas the people in the cult will <coughs> rave about it. It is their baby. They love it to pieces and will defend it to the death. However, be prepared to be incredibly confused for the last three episodes. If you do get through, they ran out of budget. And uh, that was something I wanted mm. to mention last uh, episode about uh, Gurren Lagann, that glorious yeah. anime. This so is... ju- just to clarify, Neon Genesis was made by Gainax. Gainax mm. also made Gurren Lagann about a decade after. Exactly. And um, there is a fun little tidbit of information that... Uh, 40% of Gurren Lagann's budget was reserved for the last three episodes because... <laughs> Neon Genesis. <laughs> they learned their lessons. Um, but the, the show gradually introduces lots of different characters. You get to see interactions all, mm. between them. and they, They're all very different. They are. And, I mean, the, this is kind of one of those... Ar- starting points of the whole best girl argument as well um, because you've got Ray who is um, one of the female protagonists who's very quiet very reserved very stoic she's very traditional Japanese mm. um, like uh, the the ideals that they had for what a traditional Japanese woman would be going back to the period of the geisha mm-hmm. um, where they were they were very quiet but very stoic um, and then you've got Oscar who's German and the polar opposite. Um, Fiery, redhead, passionate, and mm-hmm. belligerent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, th- th- there is a pretty big cast of characters, but those are the mm. main, I guess you could say five or so that yep. are the main and, focus. And um, those two uh, characters that Kyle just mentioned uh, are also pilots. Yes. And that's uh, the thing about the main character, Shinji, is that he is not an idealized person. No. He's not terribly macho. He, uh, when he's told mm. by his lunatic father that he has to pilot this robot and save the city from a monstrous thing, he doesn't want to. It's like, cool, giant mm. robot, but... I but I'm 13 yeah. and you're telling me to go fight for my life. And has 14. got depression because yeah. he was abandoned by his father who yep. now just says, do this, I'm just going to use you. You are a tool. Yeah. Could, me to use. You could Otherwise, be mistaken for thinking that Shinji is a wimp, but no, he's simply mm. 
just as scared, lonely teenager. And I mean, yeah. there's, there's a lot of memes on the internet saying, get in the damn robot, Shinji. <laughs> um, and while I fully appreciate that feeling, um, it's also... That, that's kind of the point. He's yeah. young. He's a child, really. And he has no concept of what responsibility yeah. or you know power actually means because he hasn't ever associated with it. He doesn't even know what love is. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's a real... Yeah, The all of the get in the robots, are, yeah. I feel, a really crude way mm. of looking at his character because... Like it, said, it's essentially the anime version of... Um, What's that classic English meme that everyone makes? You know, it's on the poster. And, uh, keep oh, calm yeah. and keep calm and carry on. It's like, yeah. no, you don't no, keep calm no. and carry on. There's a giant bloody monster outside off to kill you. Especially when you've never been trained for it, especially when you're a child, especially when you're... It's you a know. lot to throw at someone. Especially yeah. when it's only got an own 0.0000001% chance, oh. or as they call it, the 09 as, as well as, percentage you know, chance of activating. clinically depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, has anyone here seen this film called The Abyss? Uh, yeah. Mm. You know that scene with the rats where they put it into the oxygen? Liquid oxygen. Ooh. Yep, so that's that's that a thing so to actually that's, pilot that's the robot. You, you are immersed in liquid LCL, liquid something l- fluid. Anyway, um, you have to breathe fluid. So, yeah, yeah I at 14, would you feel up? I don't even no. feel up for that. No. So, I, I, I do <laughs> feel like that the whole story of Shinji and the way he behaves, is, to be honest... Understandable. Pretty, pretty understandable. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's it's what a t- it's perhaps what a typical per- mm-hmm. um, person of his age and his background mm-hmm. would behave. So and it, yeah. that's what I like about the other characters as well. You can pick up on why they would behave that way. And so when uh, Shinji starts to basically go into trauma, starts basically getting like really really depressed and anxious, and just all these psychological issues mm-hmm. start to like mount you know up. mount upon him while he has to be forced to save the world week after week and it gets worse because he gets in the robot and you know he wins the fight he w- otherwise there wouldn't be a series <laughs> um, and he goes to school mm. and obviously during that fight not everyone was safe of course and it's... one of the people who got injured is a relative of one of his classmates so he yeah. gets beat up yeah so th- all these all these events are reinforcing you know, him having no self-worth mm. and that he shouldn't be doing what he's doing. Just the poor guy. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> it is a it is a great series and it is a really interesting look at the human condition. Mm. Um, it's, it, the, it's the director's own um, struggles, yeah. a lot of it, isn't it? Um, a- allegedly, he's refused to officially say yes or no. He's given mm. so many different responses yeah. over the years. You can't and help but feel like, as you know, writers put themselves into their stories a mm. little bit in cases like that. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, certain experiences along those lines can be very, very vivid and very um, mm. identifiable in mm-hmm. a way. Yeah. Now, we do need to talk about something that's made me very unhappy, oh? which is the Netflix release. Oh, now, I was very excited about this until I discovered they were redubbing and resubbing the content. I've got a long spiel. Um, I will try and keep it short. So there's been a lot of talk around the quality of the Netflix dub and sub, and I'm going to be honest, the new version, it's not great. Um, The original dub by ADV in the 90s has charm and subtlety to the performances, and in comparison, the new version in particular feels like it has no soul. 
it almost sounds like a fan dub. I mean, me and yeah, Kenny were exactly. watching it and were really quite confused. And you'd only seen like six episodes a Way back in the ago. day, yeah. Um, so it's underacted when an emotional response is needed and there's some excessive overacting on simple things. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I said, it's a cult thing. Those that are in the cult love it. This, this is your favourite anime. This is your baby. And mm. of course, so... You were, uh, of course, I'm going to be quite unhappy with it, but, but for me, you to be unhappy with it, I'm something of an outsider. I'm a filthy casual when it comes to these things, but even <laughs> I could tell that something was just terribly, terribly wrong with how it was voiced. I was quite bothered by Shinji's voice. Mm. Um, now, what, what this all comes down to is the voice actors have no chemistry at all. Mm. And it's as though they've never been taught how to voice act to someone else's performance, and like they were asked to voice the character without anyone else around. So they've got no one to bounce that conversation yeah. off. Something of an inexperienced cast, do you think that's the case? Well, I mean, the, the cast is inexperienced, but they, all of them sh have had enough experience voice acting. Um, I don't, I'm not familiar with a lot of their work because it's niche stuff or, you know, heavy ecky stuff or yeah. vi video games that I haven't played. But uh, I, I struggle with it. I mean, uh, look, the Misato's voice actor, he, here is a prime example. It's got no charisma in the performance. Like the original Misato is quirky and a ridiculous flirt. She is. She's very flirty. She and will flirt with everyone, even the, the, the whole gag watching. is the outro, you know, as well. Yeah, um, saying that she's going to reveal more in the next episode. Some like fan service here and there. Um, <laughs> she sounds literally like she's just reading the lines. This the, the new voice actress and opportunities to build the character through moments of inner dialogue where it's showing her inner thoughts completely wasted, <sighs> and that they, they just sound dull it's literally I, I feel like a, she was rehearsing lines that's what it sounded like to me mm. um and then don't get me started on the utterly lackluster performance for the next episode previews because mm. it that was literal script writing oh and wait for the next episode and more fan service oh i'm so excited speaking in this monotone yeah, um, I mean, I really wonder if this is more to do with the director than it is the voice actors, because if they've been getting work, they wouldn't get away with this. Oh, and uh, I mean, this is going to be flogging a dead horse with a broken record. But can we talk about that outro song? <sighs> yeah. So uh, Netflix dropped several million dollars to acquire the rights to put Neon Genesis on the big screen. And, I mean, now, why not? This is something that's going to grab a lot of attention. Yeah. Now, I would like to point this out. They dropped estimated three to five million on this. Oof. They just paid a hundred million for Friends. What? Whoa. Yeah. A hundred million. I, I, if you're... If you can afford a hundred million, you can afford an extra 500 bucks you know, 500 bucks to buy the rights to the song. Yeah. So the outro song was a cover of the classic song Fly Me to the Moon, which has been sung by people like Frantz Sinatra and all that. Um, it was covered by a Japanese vocal artist um, who it was just beautiful. They have since replaced it with a creepy piano melody, which is used, well, which is called. Cool. It's not well. It's, it, it's very creepy. It's, it's used it, in creepy scenes. It's yeah. called Ray Two. Um, is in based off the character Ray's name, and it's used in scenes with her, which are um, almost alien-like scenes. Yeah, unsettling. Uh, very unsettling scenes. Yeah, and they've used that for the outro. The best thing about having Fly Me to the Moon at the end, it was like a little oasis at the end of all that disaster to go, whoo, and I've let go. Yeah. Now you don't get that. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't get released from the tension. No. Um, 
if I may quickly talk about how much I love the music yeah. from Evangelion. It is absolutely wonderful. Yeah, um, and one thing we can say is that they have kept the original bass track. Mm-hmm. So they haven't redubbed sound effects or music or anything like that. Mm-hmm. All they've changed is the voices, which is, you know, a kind of... Waste. It, it was a waste, but apparently the the deal did not come with the rights for the ADV voiceover, despite them being mm. defunct. What an yeah. unusual Strange. deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, would have loved um, to have been a fly on the wall for that. Mm. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, the composer of the um, all the music from this is Sagisu Shiro, who also arranged or composed music for Ranmaha, oh. Kastern, Bleach, oh. Attack on Titan, and. Shin Godzilla. Oh. Well, the Shin Godzilla one is very obvious. Yes, it's please, everyone, watch that yes. film, especially if you've watched Evangelion. Mm-hmm. You will really get a kick out of it. So does this guy basically just write on his contract that he will only compose music for shows which have giant monsters in them? Or Hideo Anno. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, going back to the voice cast, um, let, let's be honest. Now, Shinji's character is meant to be pretty bland. That is literally the kind of defining trait of him but he still has outbursts of emotion Mm -hmm. like it's you know it's it's like placid there's there's a lot going on underneath and every now and then an eruption happens that's i don't i can't agree with him being bland he's not he's not bland he's not bland but he's not very emotive you know but that's because you can tell that he's depressed oh yeah yeah yeah. and that's the so on on that note the original voice actor who um did shinji is still voicing Shinji for the new films. Oh, okay. Why uh, did they not hire him? How much to redo? was he asking for? I don't. They, they, they didn't even approach him. All of the original cast have been what, on Twitter really? saying we were never approached. Once again, hundred million dollars for Friends. I feel like yeah. buying the rights Why? to his voice. They were relatively small. Yeah. Well, I mean, they cu- they couldn't. They said that they couldn't use the original content from ADV. Why Fair not? enough. Uh, just have the Just re-record the lines and use the original script. I mean, you can literally put a DVD in and write it down. <laughs> like yeah. it's not hard. But Shinji's voice actor is Why? awful, awful. And I'm I'm really sorry to the voice actor who does this, but they sound generic. The performance has no emotional range, yeah. no resonance, no passion. It, it is awful. And he doesn't sound enough like a boy. They even he managed to stuff up two more. of the most iconic lines in episode one as well. Mm. I mustn't run away. And I'll pilot it. They literally sounded like they were red. Mm. Like, I, I don't know if it's direction or the voice actor themselves. Yeah. They were both delivered poorly and with no emotion or presence at all. And that was that's kind of a critical point. They are outbursts. They are moments mm. where the character is meant to show raw emotion yeah. and anger. I mean, this is a, this is a crappy situation. Yeah. Like, like the, the very existence of humanity is being threatened. And yeah, from a but, narrative but, standpoint... You know, okay, I'll pilot it. Yeah. <laughs> from a narrative standpoint, it's the defining moment of the first act. This is what yeah. starts things. Mm. This is where you know the emotion should be at its peak for the first mm. act. So uh, Nothing. Uh, yeah, as I've said, whether this is an issue of the director or the voice actor is unclear. But it's all pretty awful. The only performances that were actually good in the first episode were Dr. Akage Ritsuko and Ikari Kendo. And that's because they yeah. didn't have too much to say. <laughs> Gendo was very similar to his original. He was, but the script wasn't right. No, it he, he says launch the Ava, launch it from where? It's still submerged in you know liquid. What are we what are we going to launch it from? Like, I mean, we we launch ours and we manage to launch ours every time we do our. Our Ava's prepared. Yeah, it's right there. Come on. I mean, all I can think in this situation is, 
How would uh, Gendo be if he was voiced by Mark Hamill? <laughs> Perfectly insane. Oh. I would just. Now, I'd be a bit. Scared. I would. If, if you want to so know hard. what we're talking about, watch a scene in the first episode. Whether that's the scene where Misato is looking down at her dress while in the car, going, "Oh God, what's you know? I'm in such a mess." And then rewind it and swap to the Japanese channel for the language because they still have the original Japanese voice track. So compare them back to back. You can yeah, immediately you see think. how much more emotion is there, even if you don't understand what's being said. Mm. Um, they also uh, this also does bring up another s- a problem: the subtitles, because they redid them too. Yes, exactly. And the subtitles. Why did they bother? They, the, they were already there. They, were they just, missed you know. so much nuance in the Japanese language. The translation is a literal translation, meaning it's devoid of the context of the sentence and oh sometimes no. is downright wrong. Oh no! Oh yeah, because Japanese so, lost ah. in translation. So th- this is probably one of the biggest one everyone is griping over. Um, they've been calling it degaying Evangelion, and you'll what? understand why in a minute. Oh yes. I so heard about quite this. late in the series, we're introduced to Kawaru. He's another Eva pilot who does not behave in a socially normal way. He's like a newborn child in the world with language skills already there. So this introduction happens when Shinji's at an incredibly low point. He believes he's fundamentally unworthy of love. Love being the key word here. Mm. So during this episode, Kawaru, um, who's only known Shinji for a couple of days, tells him, I love you. All right? In the Netflix dub, we see and we hear... I remember that scene. I like you. Which Uh... Shinji reacting quite perplexed and awkward to doesn't work. Yeah. Now, what this comes down to is not not even taking into account all the homosexual undertones for their interaction. This comes down to a specific translation problem, and that is the word suki, mm-hmm. which is no directly equivalent translation in English and is pretty nuanced in its use in Japan. Now, the concepts of love and liking are defined a little differently in Japan compared to English. So while like may be the literal translation, it doesn't make it correct. So suki can mean like or love, and all things in between, depending on the context in which it's said, who or what it's said to, and a mess of other variables. When a character confesses, you know, confesses their feelings to another, like in a love letter, they use the word suki. Mm. It's it has the context for it. Yeah. So for people who are dating, just saying suki is a pretty common way to inform the other person you like them. You know, daisuki, which mm. is you know, I love you, which literally translates as big lovableness. Daisuki. <laughs> yeah. Aww. So you know. There's a bit of a problem there. So do you think this could have been caused by what you said just before about the literal translation? It is. This is literally the problem. Oh. The pun intended. So in English, we have two possible translations, which is like and love. And that's a lot of tiers of stuff to cover with two words. And there's yeah. a bit of a gap in the middle of our meanings of like and love that don't overlap as well when you think about it. This is why we see such phrases, do you like him, as in like, like. Yeah. We don't have a word which says you, you know... Like someone. Do you like him romantically yeah. or do you like him as a platonic? There's no single thing? word to describe the beginning moments of love which are not as deep as true love. Interestingly enough, in um, the Greek language, there's different kinds of love as well. So mm-hmm. it exists in other languages. It does. It's just we don't have a direct translation for it. And mm-hmm. this particular scene's context. The context is everything. So love is the right word to use as Kawaru doesn't fully understand its meaning 
which is why Shinji reacts the way he does. Shinji wouldn't be blushing if he just said, I like you as a person, let's be mates. You know? Yeah. And oh, there's the hand holding in a bathhouse scene with blushing. Definitely just mates. Just like him as a fellow. Yeah, just bro. Just They're going to go out and get so, a beer and watch some footage. This is just one of the many issues people are coming up with the new translation, which are odds at you know, how characters yeah. react versus what is apparently and said. I liked that original scene. It I was. liked it because Very nice. it was because it sort of it was a real um it was a real good hark back to when you're a teenager and you're just exploring these ideas of love mm. and liking people and you might have crushes on all these random different people yeah. um you know and, and it and also leads up to what the way Shinji feels in the episodes following and the events that following when he's talking about Kawari he doesn't just act mm. as if he's you know he's just a friend he acts as if someone who he had a deep connection with and that's the whole point of that scene is that they do share that deep connection he thinks he's unworthy of love and Quarry being told, that, and you know, that is like that is a huge deal for someone in the, his situation. The other situation. line which really annoyed me is when Shinji's explaining what Kawara said. Mm. He's in the original translation. He says he said he loved me. Very straightforward sentence. Mm. In the new one, he says uh, I, I'm paraphrasing here because it's really bad, but he said I was graced by his presence or something really? along those. It was the words grace and presence were in that mm. sentence. And what? it's like, I'm going to have to watch this. This is not right. This is nowhere near what he said. What in the Omaiwa no Shindaru. Exactly. <laughs> so thanks, Netflix. I yes. hate it. But there's, <sighs> there's, there's, there's good things about Evangelion. Yeah, well, look, I'm gonna, um, just going to watch my box set is, instead. You know, so look, yeah, um, I what like. I can <laughs> highly recommend, like if you've never seen Neon Genesis, watch it. Just be aware that the translation is a bit off. Yeah, temper, um, suggest- temper your expectations for this, yeah. and then if you want to see the better version, find yeah, it. it. Yeah, it's good to have a point on which to stand, and you, and if you start with this, then at least you can you, you've got a bit of an idea. Yeah. And what I liked about Evangelion is that it's got a real good high rewatch value. It does. You always find new things in each different watch, mm-hmm. and it's it's just as good to watch it like. Again, so when when you go into it, and this will make it easy for anyone who's never seen it before, just remember that the first impact, um, which is the meteor which is meant to have wiped out the dinosaurs, is the other egg landing on the planet. Mm -hmm. The second impact is us humans accidentally waking said egg up. I wonder (laughs) wonder if there was any inspiration from the um, what happened with the Catholic Church. Um, few hundred years ago, what how the Catholic <laughs> Church? Well, you know what how there happen? was a pope in the Vatican and a pope in Avignon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, th- there two are a lot popes. of Christian themes, and yes. um, I believe I've heard that story. That's two yeah. popes that uh, yeah. declared themselves popes and denounced yeah. the other. Yeah. So there's yeah. there's use of the Black Sea Scrolls, saying there were secret Black Sea Scrolls which were never released. This is outside the ones they decided just weren't canon, apparently. Um, mm-hmm. And then there, sorry, no, Dead Sea Scrolls, not Black Sea Scrolls. Um, Dead Sea Scrolls, and then there's lots. I mean, Evangelion, Genesis. Yeah. Like, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of Christian imagery. There's a lot of religious themes to it. Yeah. It's, um, and it's not even even saying Christian is not correct in this in this. Um, it's Abrahamic, thing. Abrahamic, isn't it? Because they actually go further back before the the concepts of Jesus or God. And apologies to anyone who's religious. Um, we are talking like the core fundamentals of religion here. We're not talking about the belief system. Yeah. Um, we're looking, it's a really interesting look at how this can be used as a metaphor for 
life and existence. It's, um, I mean, Anno loves his postmodernism, so this is a perfect example of it. And frankly, it's like you could look at this in the same way that you look at uh, writing a book report for high school on Shakespeare. Mm. You could just look into the themes and stuff for Evangelion for ages and yeah. write up essay after essay. I'm pretty mm. sure the internet is People this. have done it's PhDs great. on Evangelion's themes. Get out. No, I'm dead serious. Huh. There, there is, there is a lot me, of themes. There, I know it was University of, of Cambridge did a PA, someone did a PhD there on the use of evangelical themes to portray loss. I believe it was. Oh, um, yeah, it was, it was quite a few years back. I remember Wonderful. seeing that. But there's there's a lot You're of good to read it. It's really some really good stuff. So um, if you can get hold of the old box set, I know it's a tall order. Um, I'd recommend watching that over the Netflix edition. Mm. But if you can't, it's still a great yeah. way to. It's still a great story, even with their miscommunication mm. um i'd personally recommend switching it into japanese and watching it with subtitles mm -hmm. and um on top of everything else real quick the if you're just into filming and if if you're into like how, how shots are framed mm. this is really this is wonderful because oh, there's there's so many um there's so many times where they really show they don't tell. Yeah. Like there's a l there are so many scenes where there's hardly any movement except for like someone's eye will blink and they're just sort of standing there. Um, yeah, it's really, really something. Mm. Highly recommend. So with that, go watch Neon Genesis. Find it wherever you can. Um, whether that's on YouTube, I don't mind. Um, moving on, season in review time. Wi-Fi radio. Why do we watch that? Definitely in my top five. Season in review. Yes, and straight up, I need to apologise for recommending a few shows to you guys. Um, Which is what they just said. <laughs> that is exactly why I've attached that. Which shows did you recommend? Um, you know, um, Wise, oh, Wise Man's yeah. Grandchild, which should be called Philosopher's Grandson Look, because they took, once again, the literal translation. I really don't know what, this is, what it's meant to be called anymore. I've just heard too many. Well, I mean, them. this actually harkens like, back to even the first Harry Potter film, which is The Philosopher's Stone and always has been and was renamed and they the Sorcerer's Stone, the Sorcerer Stone for America. And it's like, do you guys not know what a philosopher they, is? They, I don't believe do. that's the case. I like, believe they're dumbing it down for their audiences and that's yeah. not okay. No, it's not. Rant over. Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what are we going to begin with? We're going to start with the short form animes. Um, okay. Yay. There were a lot this season, um, yep. which is starting to become a very common trend, I'm noticing. I'm starting to notice more and more I of them. I quite enjoy short form. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's start from the top. We're going alphabetical because, let's be honest, it's easier that way. Um, amazing Strangers. <laughs> now... I'll give you the one-line synopsis of this. It's Abuda Haruto purchases his first anime figurine and it comes to life, attracting other living figurines into his life. Mm -hmm. um, it's it, it's a bit better than all right, but... Yeah, so I was, I was worried about how this content would be handled because, yes. and we did say at the start, this could be a little bit questionable. I mean, yeah. It's basically some guy's fantasy come to life, you've got to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Someone's so you've got to, the yeah. main character comes across as a pretty plain and generic you know, otaku guide. He's an at-home coder, so that's a great excuse for him to rarely go out, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and more and more living figurines start showing up over the course of the show after his first one um, shows up. And I can't say really that the art is standout. It's pretty mid-range quality rise and it includes elements of CG um, for the figurines. Music, kind of similar. So mm. it's nice, 
it's not good enough to get stuck in your head. Um, so yeah, I mean, this thing was never going to be terribly story no. heavy. I wanted it to be, but there's not yeah. much. It's yeah. not story heavy. Doesn't take itself too seriously though, which can be pretty relaxing, yeah, which is something is you probably nice. want in a short form. I mean, th- it was very quick fire, wasn't mm. it? The episodes weren't long yeah. enough to overstay their welcome. To be mm. honest, I'd like to know more about Buida Haruto yeah. and his friends. Yep. Like yep. than than the figurines. Yeah. Like I it'd mean, be good if the figurines were a, a point a part of their lives more than them being a part of the figurines' lives. Uh, I think there is actually something to that though. Each one of the figurines sort of represents a different uh, passion of, his of yeah. his, a different aspect of his life. Uh, okay. yeah. Like one of them is very very game centric. Mm. One of them is kind sci-fi of centric. L- yeah, sci-fi centric. Yeah. One of them is basically just the loving kind of supportive thing that he's yeah. kind of needed. I figure you'd. I see mean, it at the end of the day, this is a light-hearted harem anime, mm-hmm. but with you know figurines that come to life instead of normal sized girls yeah, yeah, with all the cliche tropes you're expecting yeah. harem anime meets toy story yeah, yeah. i give it five nendoroids <laughs> i give it five and a half posable figurines i'm going to give it six gunplas out of 10 oh. um okay our yeah. chan Yes. <laughs> Our Chan can't study. No, she cannot. No. And she's very bothered by that she because is. in her in the last episode we saw, she's Yeah, we, we yeah, won't spoil no, it for no, anyone who hasn't okay. caught it yet. But yeah. um it's good. So the daughter of a best selling adult author, Our Chan is trying not to fall in love while studying for university entrance exams to get away from dad. Yeah, because dad is Hapasai. Yeah, now if you're not aware <laughs> of who Hapasai is, watch Ramma one half. He is the short, perverse little man. Literally he's shrunk in the yeah. wash and he's about two foot tall. Does not take no for an answer. The ninja panty thief. Yes. Yeah. Um, um so what we thought this would be pretty ecky. Yeah. Um, was pleasantly surprised. I, there I, are aspects. I think it still has Eki, but for me, this does for the Eki genre what Konosuba did with Isekais. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's taking a look at them, it's pointing out the flaws and having a good laugh at it yeah. while presenting like, a decent story. And I feel like it's not so much Eki in what it presents to us, but it sort of like makes us think Eki. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd say it's not suitable for those under 15 because it discusses a variety of adult content and ideas, but I realise it's because I'm an adult that I know what they are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> See, that's, that's the thing. I, I love, like, these, they are, how old are they? Like, 15? Yeah. Yeah, I love... No, six, I, 15 or 16? I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, if they're going for university entrance exams, 16 or 17, I thought. Yeah. Yes, yes. I Go. just adore the blossoming relationship between Al and Takumi. Mm. It's so sweet. She keeps giving him chances to fulfill this idea he, she has in her mind as to what guys are all like because <laughs> of her dad. And he keeps surprising her and yeah. showing her that he's not like that at all. I mean, the characters are really genuine. I quickly ended up invested in seeing where this relationship yeah. would go. And in the case of Takumi, I mean, he's portrayed to be a player by Ao mm. in the first yeah. episode. She calls him, I believe, King of the Normies. Yeah. Um, it couldn't be further from yeah. the truth. He's sweet, caring, thoughtful, yep. the point of coming across as a bit stupid. So it's uh, I kind of struggled to find a way to put it into words until I tried to um, compare it to other sort of romance genre things. Mm. I ended up going back to look at As the Moon So Beautiful. Oh, yeah. I mean, looking at the relationship in that, how it's played out, Versus a relationship in this. I mean, I know this one is meant to be more comedic, but it shows these people in Our Chan Can't Study as more deeply flawed and full of these just issues and mm. hormones. Yep. It a is, lot of hormones. It's <laughs> such a lovely take on teenage relationships. Yeah. Now, and it kind of touches at the same time 
on this idea that so many teenage girls have in their minds these expectations they have of boys and also correct me if i'm wrong guys but Mm -hmm. the boys expectations too and there's Uh, so much peer pressure floating around and these two are just flying the flag for finding such a real tender relationship amongst all of the mess of hormones that teenagers have and that everyone thinks yeah, you know, it is important when it's not exactly. Rant over. So I mean, okay, you good? You good? Okay. <laughs> so the art style, very good. Um, mm. It's not outstanding. Um, it's not like you know some of the top tier like Kyo animation stuff that we see every now and then, which it's is not just like, like your name. Over, level. yeah, overloaded. Doesn't colors. have to be, but, but yeah. it's really nah, nice to watch yeah. because it's not overloaded. Yeah, um, the opening is super catchy. I'm never yeah. going to get that song out of my no, head. No, and I? we will play that in a little bit because we've got a lovely cover mm. of it. Now there's a number of very sweet moments in that file uh, finale and i hope we get to see a season yeah. two where ours exams are being done and yes. what happens afterwards so what would you rate this 10 misread situations out of 10 <laughs> oh i'm gonna say ooh, seven happy size out of 10 <laughs> i'm going nine silky silkies out of 10 <laughs> <laughs> a reference you will get if you watch this show um isekai quartet I like it. Yeah. So main characters from four Isekai series, that's Konosuba, ReZero, Overlord, and Saga of Tenya the Evil are teleported into an alternative world and into a high school environment. Mm. Chaos ensues. I was uh, familiar with uh, two of these shows, yeah. uh, ReZero and Konosuba, of mm-hmm. course, and had a passing understanding of what mm. was going on with the other two. So when they were connect, when they were like connected into this world together... I was intrigued to see the others. Like, yeah. now that I actually have an idea of what their characters are, I want to see more. Except for Tanya the Evil. Uh, yeah, that's a bit yeah. much. But I think yeah. basically uh, Isakai Quarter acts as a kind of an introduction to these other shows. Fun fact, mm. it's actually written by the guy who writes Konosuba. He went ah. to the other writers and got permission to use their characters. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. It's, it's um, yeah, it's his, yeah. his little love child. I really <laughs> love the interactions between the char- these characters who'd otherwise not meet. It's... Mm-hmm. And the sensei. Yeah. So it's <laughs> a, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so it is a parody anime. Um, all the characters are chibi, um, which can be jarring compared to the original series because all the original series do have quite good animation. But mm-hmm. it, as long as you go in knowing it's chibi, I love be it. Fine. And I think as part of the chibi thing, are uh, their character in jokes, their like you know that big quirk which sort of defines a character in the show. It can be overplayed or played up a little too much, especially in the case of Darkness. Yeah, you were saying mm, you thought that they kind of overplayed her... Um... Yeah, I mean, yeah. that is that is the joke with Darkness, is her um, masochistic tendencies. But Knowing that it's written by the same guy who normally writes Konosuba, does that make any difference? Um, I believe that it's part of the whole shibi thing. It's like, mm-hmm. it's the joke. It's... A less serious it's, it's the gag. Um, on that note, um, we do have uh, you know, a lot of different characters um, who cross all this, but I have to call, make a call out to Takahashi Rei, who voices Megumin, mm. and about six other characters across these franchises. Yep. Um, she voices the main female lead from ReZero. She voices one of the minions from Overlord. She voices one of the secondary characters in Saga of Tanya the Evil. Oh. Um, she voices one of the female 
uh, older characters who popped up for an episode. So she's a busy girl. Oh busy my god, this must have been the biggest paycheck for her. <laughs> oh man, right? Um, but yeah. Or I mean, it's called. It's kind of like having your birthday on Christmas Day. It's like yeah. you get the same amount of presents. Now, I mean, what one thing I did because of that, you know, as I said, all the characters are faithfully recreated, and all the original voice actors have stayed on for it, which mm-hmm. is, you know, it just really tees it off. Um, it's not everyone's cup of noodle, though. Um, yeah. If you don't like. Isekai, this ain't gonna be for you. It is literally Isekai to the power of four. Yeah. Um, you it's kind of kind need of reverse Isekai if you think about it. It is. Um, <laughs> so you kind of need to see, as you said, at least two of the series to kind of get the in jokes and understand some of the character flaws. Um, if you haven't seen any of them, it might be just a, a massive wash of what on earth am I watching? Exactly. But um, you know, like kind of Subar, its focus is a comedic story as opposed to strong narrative driven one. It sometimes actually get something done along the way but you know if it does great but don't expect it (laughs) (laughs) and season two was announced too oh good wonderful that's good but Mm -hmm. yeah for something like this tune in turn your brain off have fun yeah um i'm gonna give it seven big red buttons out of ten I'm going to give it seven and a half out of ten. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, I thought you would. <laughs> I'm going to say six incredible crossovers out of ten. Ooh. So this is a crossover that will never, ever be topped. <laughs> Except by, you know, every, every other one. This <laughs> next one is weird. But we will get to that in a moment because we've yep. got to play you some music. Oh. And this is our first song. This is Wonderful Wonder. It's the opening fo- uh, theme for our Chan Can't Study. It's been produced and performed by YouTuber Illinois. Uh, Illu Lloyd and Ryuzaki has performed a vocaloid component. So you know the Miu m- vocaloidy thing. I-, I should know that name. Miku. Yeah, the blue-haired ponytail dancing singing oh, girl. That was a meme for a while. It was. So there's a program where you can run your voice through it to make it sound like a. Oh. Yeah. So here, have a listen. That was a uh, wonderful wonder. So that's originally performed by, oh, what was the name of the um, band? Edoga and Sullivan, I believe. Yes, that's the one. And it's a duo of musicians who just throw together stuff. The video yeah. clip's hilarious, um, mm. the, the proper one. Get but it Sullivan. out of your that head, I dare you. Mm. Sullivan, that's an Osakan name, surely. Surely, surely. <laughs> right. <laughs> Are the new Manhattan Osakans? <laughs> <laughs> so our next one Yes. Is Joshi Kalsai. Uh, this is okay. So, a silent series with no speech or dialogue focusing on three high school girls and their day-to-day lives. It's not lives. completely silent, is it? They make no. noises. They grunt. They groan. And yeah. these people got paid for it. Wow. Yeah. I know, right? Well, honestly, job. like, the first episode threw me. Mm-hmm. 
But I persevered. And now mm. I don't know how to feel about the random sounds they make. I don't know. I'm a bit bothered. <laughs> a bit bothered. <laughs> All right. Well, look, um, I- I'll give the rundown. It only runs for three minutes and a good minute of that is the opening and ending. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny, but a very unusual concept. It will not be to any- everyone's taste. To be honest, it probably won't be to most people's tastes. But he's managed to do it for 80-something chapters of a manga, the writer. So... He, well, got... mangas are actually silent, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly. the thing. I feel like this works better in a written form for me. Mm. I, if the series didn't grab me, I feel like this really would go well as a manga. Yeah. Like, the, the artwork is okay. It's nothing really mm. to write home about. It's a bit washed out. Um, there's I some like musical interludes to compensate for the bright. lack of talking, but yeah. uh, they stand out rather because of the lack of everything else rather than because yes. they're amazing. So um, I will give it... Five and a half squeaks out of ten. Oh, you're giving it more than me. <laughs> <laughs> Five sore throats out of ten. <laughs> I didn't like it. I'm giving it three missing scripts out of ten. <laughs> Fair enough. Mm, thankfully, the next one we're talking about next is, one is standout. Beautiful. Mushy, mushy. So good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Senryo Shoujo, which mm. is Senryo Girl. Um, cheerful high school girl Nanako only communicates through Senryo and along with ex-delinquent friend Eiji, the pair are freshmen in their school's literature club. Yeah, her thug friend. Everyone calls him uh, her thug, thug friend. friend. <laughs> and despite this, it's like, that feels like it should be a matter of contention and yeah. drama between the characters. There is no drama. He's unbelievably sweet and so is she. The whole thing yeah. is just sweet. You're looking forward to every it episode really and I was is. really disappointed when it ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and now I'm reading the manga. Yeah. <laughs> so can you imagine coming home from work, taking off all your clothes, getting straight into a spa and watching this. That's how watching this feels. Comfortable. I had something else written for that. I said oh, yeah. that basically this anime is like having a nice warm cup of cocoa. Ah. I feel like it's going to be similar across the You're board. You're not talking yeah. about our co-host Coco, are you? Oh, no. Um, I don't like the idea of blending our cast members. I don't think it works. Yeah, I'd rather not, <laughs> if that's okay. <laughs> Will it blend? <laughs> I could go a cup of hot chocolate I think now, we might actually. have to have a, a post-show hot chocolate. Yeah, post-show like hot chocolate will. and Senryu Girl. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's such a gorgeous story. He's mm. such a sweetheart of a buff head and <laughs> that fireworks episode. Oh, my God. Oh, oh right boy. In, right in the heartstrings. That's the thing. It's like not just him but each one of the other characters. Mm-hmm. They are a one-note joke each. That's the thing about yeah. them is she only communicates through Senryu. She, another girl only communicates through the written, w- uh, I'm sorry, uh, drawn pictures through amazing yeah. sketches. And then you've got the fortune teller girl yeah, who it's like communicates, uh, well, she communicates normally, but then occasionally she just whaps out, the, kicks out the tarot cards and goes, whoops, did that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I believe uh, we talked about this before. These are like, this is the joke for each of them and it should be repetitive. It should stuff. be. It's not mm. though. It's, it just, it uh, takes these yeah. things and puts them in a new situation. Yeah, I mean, like you, you mm-hmm. think the haiku thing and haiku and senryu are very similar forms of poetry um, would get boring very quickly. It didn't. We we immediately when we I think when we talked about this in the preview we're like this could get boring quick. It did mm. not. And though Nanako clearly has a TARDIS filled with her senryu boards in her pocket, I kind of like that suspension of disbelief. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. I'm actually excited about starting to read the manga. Mm. And I believe Kenny, you you've taken some homage to this and decided that you'd like to write some senryu. I give this series a relatively good score, fine plot, and ending.
Okay, but what score do you give it? Oh, eight pooping bunnies out of ten. <laughs> really? I gave it ten rabbit nuggets out of ten. <laughs> I gave it nine mushy feelings out of ten. But before we do move on, one thing I do want to point out is that for this, the art style is really well balanced. Mm. Um, we, we've been very used to seeing that oversaturated, hyper-expressive um, colours lately. And this is well balanced, and especially when it comes to facial expressions, that to the point that when their eyes are actually sparkling... It actually shows up nicely and normally as opposed to feeling like they've got laser beams popping out their eyes. And frankly, I'm never going to get bored of Nanako's smile. She's just... She is so sweet. So sweet. Mm, she needs is. the hugs. Now, the next one is Japan is going to teach you about Nagoya and you will love it. Mm. <laughs> it is Yatsugame-chan Observation Diary. Now, this story focuses on Kaito Jin. He's a Tokyo high school student who moves to Aichi Prefect in the Nagoya Prefecture. He's a little obsessed with Nagoya and uh, joins his new school's photography club, which features three girls from different areas around Nagoya. One with a strong Nagoyan dialect, who has cat elements to her design. One with red hair that is somewhat crayfish looking. And a black hair girl who I still can't figure out what she's meant to represent, but it is an icon from the uh, area that she is from within. Yeah, I expect a lot of this stuff is going to be a matter of translation and like being in the know about mm -hmm. this sort of thing. What I thought was really funny is the whole, every episode is basically him proving that everything he thinks is Nagoyan is something he already has at home. Like, all these sweets he brought, and it's like, oh, why did you bring normal sweets? And they're like, they're Nagoyan sweets. And he's like, oh, my yeah, God! Yeah, he's learning a lot about mm. it. I, um, I can't help but wonder that if I knew all these in-jokes, I'd be really getting so much out of it. Let me tell you a thing that will educate oh, yes. you on Japan from a very good friend on Anime List who is apparently one-eighth Nagoyan and very, very intelligent. I'm, I'm kidding. Um, he's, he says you must have an incredibly high IQ to watch this. And oh. this what, once you've, once you've watched it, you should go away and sit and think on it. And if you can handle it, come back for some more. Wait, wait who? This, this is someone in the co uh, review section taking the utter mickey. Because you know how you get those people who say, oh, I feel you must have a mean have a really high intelligence to enjoy the show um no you don't need to have a high intelligence to enjoy this you don't need a high intelligence to enjoy any show you just enjoy it and mm -hmm. you know if you don't get the themes you watch it again or read up on it yeah pretty simple um so interesting fact in nagoya the syllables for i and ai so mm. ai and ae are pronounced ya and that's their, their cultural dialect um so their, their accent for the region yeah, yeah. so umai comes is crosses umya and Omei comes across as umya. Hence Sounds the a bit cat like themes. a nya, yes. ah. which is the sound Japanese people feel the cat makes. Mm. So that's awesome. why Nagoya is associated with cats, because they all think they're going nya, nya, nya to everything. Um, it's three minute episodes. Um, I believe I mentioned this is getting a second season. Um, mm. I thoroughly enjoyed this. I was quite surprised. And I'm going to give it eight non cats out of ten. This one didn't grab me, but. I get why it would get other people. Mm. This feels less like advertising, like a uh, place for me, and more like fun fact of the week about this part of the world. Mm. I'm, like I said, didn't grab me. I'm giving it too much information out of ten. <laughs> I'm gonna give it um, six and a half cat ears out of ten. I hope they're still attached. That'd be awful. Well, <laughs> we'll have to. See as that. long as they're like little headsets that we can put on. All right, and we'll be right back after this. Wi-Fi radio. Now to move on to what they what do they say the meat and potatoes of the of the issue, um, and that is the main uh, full length series, the standard uh, stories we've had this season. Um, we're going to start with Carol and Tuesday, but on that note, um, 
we did mention Carol and Tuesday hasn't been released properly, and I managed to track down a song from it, and uh, I don't know if we're allowed to play it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Always knew what I wanted to do, but things just don't go smooth. But things just don't go smooth. Inside out, then upside down. It's easy to sing, but it's harder to live. Song. And that, that's just one of many songs. So, Carol and Tuesday, it's a story set in the future. Uh, AI composes all the music with real musicians, kind of a thing of the past. And on Mars, two girls from different walks of life connect over and over their music and create a duo. And it's pretty hard to track down um, due to its association with Netflix Japan. Um, it will be coming to Netflix International once it's finished, I believe. And that uh, is still another 12 episodes away. Yes, it's uh, halfway through at yeah. the moment. Um, it's produced by Studio Bones in commemoration of the studio's 20th anniversary and the 10th anniversary of record label Flying Dog. So perfect harmony mm. of music and animation together. And it truly is, yeah. Mm. It's yeah. the sound... This is something that you you will come to this anime for the story and for it being a gorgeous anime. You stay for the fact that it is a sense experience. There is the visuals are beautiful, impressive. Yeah. Just in the words of Brett Michaels, stunningly beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, Coco. You're, re you're really stuck on that one today, aren't you? Um, yeah. But well, on, on that note, the, op the, the opening song has some real heart to it. It's warm chalk colours are heavily used during it, and then that proceeds into what you said. Like it's everything feels very warm and comforting. It feels very real. I yeah. want to say it's a. Uh, this is set on Mars in a. Not so far off future, but far enough for technology to be fantastical mm. and wonderful. And yet, it's grounded in a certain way. Um, yeah, well, I mean, uh, one thing I noticed is that the, those advanced technologies were brought in slowly. Mm. It wasn't a massive, boom, here's everything. Boom, there's everything else. It was, oh, okay, um, here's a better suitcase that she's using. Um, it can walk on its own. Mm, the realism is really one of the standout features for it, to be honest. Yeah, um, and I think the, the, the this kind of goes counterintuitive, but because it uses product placement, it actually <laughs> feels grounded in the real world. Yes, yeah, it it's uh, they're trying to get um, attention drawn to their uh, budding band, and they do this through Instagram, which is only uh, done because you know. Well, there's a partnership for it, I believe, as exactly, part of exactly. Uh, Instagram is uh, part of the sponsorship for this, and. I mean, it's not overbearing. It's present, though. It's, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, multimedia such as this. Um, well, I mean, we're so used to watching people going onto a computer and then having to pretend it's not an Apple product or not a Windows product. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. In Apple or Capazon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in one I watched a while ago around high school host club, they had uh, Apple, like, 
Airbooks, except instead of the Apple logo, it was a pineapple or something like that. Oh, yeah, or a berry or, you yeah, know, little... like two chunks taken out of the apple. <laughs> exactly. You watch that and go, huh, I see what you're doing there. But now it's like, oh, hey, this is something I'm familiar mm. with. And yeah. it's like social media and stuff plays a huge role in music and media these days. So... It feels like it's just well, another journey. Just I mean, on that note as well, like, staying with the product placement, Gibson, who make guitars, and Nord, who make pianos, are both credited as part of the team for it, and though their uh, products are in it. Very um, cool piano that we see there. It's a very cool guitar that we see there. I'd love a Gibson acoustic. <laughs> But, you know, they're, they're, they're credited in the credits for supplying their instruments and branding for the show. Um, now, the artwork of this is particularly beautiful. It's not oversaturated. The characters move really smoothly and their movement in particular with the music, um, mm, that that really hit me. Um, Stunningly th- beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> first, I'm it, sorry. first it was I'm the sorry. kazoo and now it's, now it's Brett <laughs> no, Michaels. Honestly, this is a very, very beautiful Next week it'll be a drum kit. Show. So the two main characters are Carol and Tuesday. Um, both from very different walks of life. There is a third girl named Angela, who's also her story shown alongside them, and she's a model and seems pretty jaded about society and music, mm-hmm. and she wants to be a singer. Um, I have a very strong feeling this is going to lead to a massive team-up between the three of them at the end. And then there is Gus Goldman, the manager. <laughs> and what can you say about Gus except, wow, Gus. He's a... He's a go-getter. He's a, he's a real fire rocket, yes, isn't he? Yes, he is. He's pretty good. Well, t- t- for those who are interested, Gus is a down-and-out drunkard ex-manager of musicians. But you know what? He has a dream, and when he's when when his um, passion is running high, as in like he's, uh, he wants to really manage a band, he really goes for <laughs> it, and does. he almost bangs down their door. Yeah, it's this great moment in, I think it's the second episode where like he's been banging on their door in the morning for like 10 minutes. They finally open the door and he shoves his face through the gap in the sliding door. Massive grin. I'm your manager. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, he's Whoa. awesome. Um, it's, this, this show just resonates so much for me. I mean, that's probably because I'm a musician and watching them go through the creative process. It's very realistic to it, when you're writing original music, what it's mm-hmm. like. So you go, oh, maybe this would work. I'll hum this melody. No, that doesn't really work. And then, oh, I've got these lyrics. What if these try with this and this? And it's like, for me, watching that, it's like watching one of the rehearsal mm-hmm. sessions for, for the previous bands. Yes, I've just that in. bit in the first episode where they're just trying to mesh their chords, uh, mm. you know, blend their stars. I mean, they are from very different worlds, but they bond over this common thing. And mm. it really shows it's, I'm really loving where this is going. I give it 10 Gibson guitars out of 10 only because, mm. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to give it nine Gibson acoustics out of 10. Oh. I can't wait to see where it goes. Yeah, I can't wait for it to actually land on Netflix so we can watch the whole thing. Nine vinyl records out of 10. I'm a sucker for a Ooh. good ending. If they can land it per- like oh. perfectly... It is going to be a straight 10. Yeah. This is a great one. <laughs> on that note, before we do go on, between, uh, so you know how we get those little eye catch things that are used for going to ad breaks in mm. the middle of someone's? They use old vinyl records and they're the single records of big songs like Bruce Springsteen and all that. And every episode is named after a song. Absolutely. Yeah. It's It it's... really harkens back to that love of music. Fairy Gone. Yeah. All right. So I like the militaristic aspect of it and how well the idea has been developed. But I just. The storyline hasn't grabbed me. Mm. I don't see a storyline amongst all of the cool stuff. Yeah, so here's a quick one-line synopsis. So, humans were implanted with fairies to create powerful soldiers during a war for unification, and nine years after the war, these soldiers are left to find a new purpose in life. 
yeah, it's uh, the atmosphere for this is like old World War One, pre World mm. War Two kind of technology and aesthetics. The yeah. frozen, wet, dark has a very kind dramatic of feel to it as well. Exactly, and not only that, but these like fairy creatures that are in no way like cutesy, but almost Lovecraftian and mm. terrifying in nature, and it has. It has Fan- potential. It has fantastic potential, but the execution, I feel, was just mm. off. I, well, I'm not th- sure I can bring myself to care about these th- characters. Th- this is the issue that we find with original series. Sometimes they can be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, Carol and Tuesday, it's not based on a manga or anything. It's a completely mm-hmm. original idea. And so far from what we've seen, it looks good. I'm sure it will slow down because they've got 25 episodes to do it. Um, Fairy Gone has the same problem, except that I feel like they ran out of steam in episode two. Pretty yeah, much, yes. I think and so too. While PA Works is the one who are doing this, and we're used to seeing them do very pretty things, um, they're not responsible for the script. Mm. Um, so it might be pretty, but you know, and mm. there are elements of CG to the fairies, which you know yeah. can can work. At least the whole thing's not CG. Hybrid is quite yeah. common these um, days. We haven't yeah. finished watching it, and while I find the story intriguing, I don't know if I can put that at the top of the list when we've got yeah. all this other stuff to yep. watch. Exactly. Pretty much. I'm I'm giving it. Five fatigues out of ten. Mm. Well, the reviews online are not looking good um, for the second six episodes in particular, with many saying the plot is sidelined for a body buddy cop slice of life show between the two main characters. <sighs> so, um, There's also that Naruto Sasuke vibe for the main character, Malia. I must save them from myself when she's talking about Veronica, her mm-hmm. old friend. She's like, Sasuke, Naruto, Sasuke, Naruto. Um, so there is a second, the second core of it's in the way in October, but five fairy godparents out of ten from me. Yeah, it's just, it is simultaneously something new and original and everything I've seen before, so, uh, I don't know. I mean, we were really hopeful for this. Pretty much. It's, I want to give it a better score because it has things in it that I like. The atmosphere yeah. and the art are beautiful. Yeah. That's the way I felt. But, mm. yeah, I'm going to give it... Um, Four not werewolves out of ten. <laughs> not werewolves. <laughs> Is that? Well, oh, are you a werewolf? <laughs> no, I'm a not wolf. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm now, a werewolf. Now we got to talk about what I'm pretty sure is going to be your number one this season. Oh, it's it's, it's close. It's close. It's Fruits close. Basket. Yeah, it's just lovely. Now you it's, might have heard of Fruits Basket in the past. This mm. is a redo with all of the manga at their disposal. Yeah, this this anime follows the story of orphan girl Toru Honda who's taken in by the Soma family. They are blessed, or cursed, with the animals of the Zodiac, and whenever the opposite sex holds them or hugs them, they turn into their corresponding animal. Which has produced some glorious hijinks. Yes. Hilarities too. The uh, interactions between the family... Are wonderful. Um, well, actually, not all of them. Some of them are very them nice. Um, <laughs> but then, then the way they interact with each other um, outside of the family compound and how they interact with classmates and stuff, I really love it. Yeah, um, uh, I'm, I've really enjoyed this series, and I've never watched the original. But the production quality on this one is great. I've seen mm. some of the production quality in the original, and I can understand why um, the author of the manga was not happy with it and took it to a completely mm. different studio for the reboot. Absolutely, mm. yeah. I, I am biased as to which animal I'm waiting to see and have been getting a bit impatient <coughs> to see it. <coughs> but in between sitting on my hands to avoid spoilers, the worst I'm loving sound. this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, what you want is a cock a doodle do. Yeah, yeah. But, which is a know. bit longer. <laughs> it's uh, the characters which really have drawn me into this mm. series. It's... Because they are based on the uh, Zodiac, as you mentioned. 
and their personality traits resemble these ones in a variety of different ways. Some of them, because I'm a little ignorant on the matter, some of them are sort of revealed to you, taught to you even, mm. by how the characters will interact. Yeah. Now, there's Toru's life, I, I have to say, though, is pretty much one disaster up to another up until now. Yes. And because of that, the opening and ending songs, while oh. lovely are very depressing. It's There's really a strong sad. focus on loss in the lyrics and a mournful feeling to both the tunes, even when they're talking about happier content. And I know that's purposeful because of what Toru's gone through. But I, w- I want a break from that. I'm looking no. forward to the new tune. And, and that will hopefully yeah. happen because it's continuing through to next season oh, for its full 24-episode row, according yeah. at least to IMDb, TVDB, and about four other databases I checked for release dates. So mm. it should be good. Um, it is not confirmed from the studio yet, but everyone already has the release dates for when it's airing in Japan. So it's mm. confirmed. Wonderful. Um, because of that, I have to give it eight sad songs out of ten. Mm. I am going to give it an eight and a half doormats out of ten <laughs> because I really want her to start appreciating herself. Mm. I really That's the only thing yeah. that's just... Her character is very... Like she puts everyone else but herself first and it's just like, no. Nah, Mm-hmm. You need to stop. You need to start building yourself up now. Yeah. So you really yeah. identify with this character. It's like you're really <laughs> emotionally attached to them. A little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kenny, thoughts? Eight transformation sequences out of ten. It is a <laughs> lovely anime and a fantastic mm-hmm. readaptation. Helpful Fox Senko-san. Can I have one, <laughs> please? Um, I'm overworked. So let me give you the synopsis Kinda. before because I both you have... A lot to say on this, I, I can believe. find reasons. So, Salaryman Nakani has his stressful life interrupted by the appearance of an 800-year-old fox girl deity who decides to look after him at home. Now, you, really say, you say 800 years old, but she looks she looks she's like jabbate. a... She's <laughs> <laughs> well, she's nice, but... He's so... Such a nice guy. Yeah. And he's just, like, not making great choices because... Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't know how to care for himself. It's, it, no. it's really... a. a good commentary on you know it's essentially a fox girl trying to improve the life of a man being crushed under the wheel of japanese work culture mm. and there are some really rather sweet and heartfelt moments in it so i i'm, I'm was really taken in by it there are a good dose of comedy parts here and there mm-hmm. and a few side characters and then more fox girls appear three in fact <sighs> ah this <laughs> ex- I see what you did You know there. exactly where I'm <laughs> going with exactly this. We had a this. great discussion about this while we were watching this. This is Ah uh, My Goddess. Fox that, edition. <laughs> that's what this is. I cannot be swayed on the matter. It's I mean you've got the three different fox girls. One of them is a kind of a seductress sucky badger erd. <laughs> <laughs> the sucky badger. And we we've we've just um been introduced to <coughs> Scold. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's totally not her name. Um, no. So, yeah, it's something, again, something we've seen before in another mm. form, I think. But this one, it's just, it's more about the I comfort. I mean, I've really enjoyed this. And it's nothing standout. But as you said, it's a comfy anime. It and is. we all know we're suckers for that. I love yeah. the post-story uh, yeah. bit. So, with after the credits, there's a section of where you are in Nakani's shoes and... Yeah. And you're being sen- taken care of. Very, She's very taking VR. care of you. Very, very VR-ish. Yeah. It's like you are in the first person while she is making you a nice cup of tea and telling you not yep. to worry and to relax. It's 
Oh my god, it's well, so also, comfortable. The artwork uh, is quite a lot better than I was expecting. It is really and good, isn't it? Nanako's N- Nakani's actions, reactions to events are actually reasonable. This isn't the usual, oh, I've had someone appear in my house. Might as well go with it. It's like, there's a yeah. small child in my house. People will think I'm a pedo. Puts yeah. her outside. <laughs> <laughs> Something about the art style. Um, You remember Crazy Shrine Girls? Uh, yeah. Kanagi. It's... Something about it is very reminiscent of God, that. God, I would to me. love the author to finish that. Uh, she she's been on um, health uh, leave for like four years. I think she ended up with um, cancer or a tumor. Oh dear. Which uh, her brother apparently took over um, the story for her, and he got ill too. Oh. So I think it might be a family that history is of not badness. Great. No, it's but, not. Uh, back to on, on to something good. Um, th- I'm going to dub this R my Senko Sam, and um, <laughs> yes. I'm going to give it seven broken rice cookers out of ten. Seven comfy chairs out of ten. It's just, I need to watch some more of it, but I adore it. All right, you really want to hold I this. want a fox! <laughs> I have reasons! <laughs> I have needs! Give me one! So is that a ten? ten. Oh. Ten little foxes? Oh, that's really really hit you in the heart there. Yeah. Now, um, I know we did rag on um, Fairy Cor- Fairy Gone um, a little bit, but we do have a song by one of our the show's good friends, Romix. He does covers and all sorts of amazing music, um, and he's covered the intro song, which is called "Knock on the Core" by No Name. And uh, have a listen. <laughs> tune like i mean it's not as oh actually we do need to mention something so last time we did a season in review and we got all these lovely covers from wonderful people on youtube to use and obviously credit them for um we got a takedown request by the label who look after the band mad kid now we wondered why this was romix's cover of the Shield Hero opening for season one, Rise, was so good, it triggered the automatic copyright <laughs> oh, covering. I'd say that's a compliment. More that's than a compliment. Anything. He nailed it. And I suspect Knock on the Core is going to do the same, along with another one we've got from a bit later on. A nice job, man. You just yeah. got his copyright strike again. <laughs> well done, Robert. <laughs> we love you, man. Thank love you very it. much. 
Now, we do need to move on to Hitori Bocchi. Yes. Now, Bocchi is a girl with social anxiety and is abandoned by her best friend from middle school, who says she won't talk to her again until she's befriended the whole class at her new school. That's a bit pressuring. Just a bit. Um, That is the premise of it. Now, the, the friend is trying to do this for the right reasons. It's the wrong way to do it. Uh, yeah. Pretty much. Friends should feel bad. Friends should feel awful. But and we do get to see friend cry several times, so yes. that's good. Yes, that means friend <laughs> is suffering. <laughs> friend should suffer for um, making her friend suffer. I really like Hitori Bocci. She's <laughs> like, I enjoy this a lot. She's she's slowly making all her friends. She's going around her classroom and I, I, I wish that was the main issue that faced me in my day-to-day life. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, this, this portrays social anxiety really well. Yeah, exactly. And it that's... shows how crippling it can be and with the challenges that are needed to overcome it. And, I mean, uh, you know, it's it's not an easy topic for people to talk about openly. It's, it's you know, yeah. and a lot of people, like, we were surprised how many people we knew who actually suffer from social anxiety. And that's why I feel like animes like this are... They can be kind of important in a yeah. way at communicating these issues. There, for there the are people going who to be don't. viewers who misunderstand it. Um, there are some bloody awful um, reviews of this on my anime list, calling oh. it weaponized autism and <laughs> other things what? like that. That's, yeah, that's, how, that's rude. That it is very rude because these are people who don't understand the people this is aimed at. It's not aimed at you. Yeah. Exactly. If, if you if you are after I don't know Berserk, go watch some Berserk. Don't watch something which is clearly I, you know I, not I, that. Yeah, it's. I mean, anxiety is hard for people. To understand if they haven't experienced, experienced it. it or seen someone they actually really care about experience it so i mean mm. this is like a slice of life kind of a deal which is itself a genre like isekai there are a dime a dozen like it like mm-hmm. as among a dio for example yeah but when you throw the social anxiety thing into it i feel like it is aimed at people who uh, suffer with those kind of issues and I feel like something like this could mean a lot to them so yeah mm-hmm. now the, the character interactions are quite good in it um, it shows you that not everyone's perfect and everyone has flaws yeah. I just love the fact that once again we have another you know comfy lovely anime where the friend's best friend is an ex-delinquent <laughs> even yeah. though she's not <laughs> She's like a thug friend. They're like, you got I a like thug all friend. These thug friends. Except none of them are thugs, and that's They're the lovely. gag. It's an arch it's type, I think. The misunderstood mm. thug. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a feel good anime, and all the characters so far have been given enough complexities mm. to make them, um, you know, va- properly valid. It's explored well. The animation is great. I have to give it eight friends out of ten. I give it eight counseling sessions out of ten. <laughs> I'm gonna give it uh, six awkward silences out of ten. It's not my thing, but mm-hmm. I can respect why it is someone else's. Mm. Mm. Now, I'm pretty sure this is one you really wanted to talk about, Kenny, which is Midnight Occult Civil Servants. It's um one which I kind of watched the first couple of episodes of and then binged to <laughs> quite a fantastic degree. To give you a bit of background, Arata Miyako is a new government worker assigned to the Shinjuku Ward Officer's Nighttime Regional Relations Department. Okay, so sounds like going out and talking to all the drunkards and go and go home. Sounds like, yeah, it sounds like Mm. it's going to be sort of like a day-in-the-life, man-on-the-job kind of deal, but uh, no, the nighttime regional relations are responsible for dealing with the non-human, the spiritual, the creatures. This is men in black, only if you replace the aliens with Japanese demons, and not, Mm. not just Japanese demons, but mythologies from all around the world like they have their local monsters and creatures to deal with but 
Then they've got random fairies. There is a run-in with Pandora of Pandora's box herself. Um, there is evidence that hell is a thing in this. Well, <laughs> well And uh, so this guy, Arata, he is the only person of this in this job and perhaps in the world that is able to speak to these non-human creatures. He can communicate with them. He can speak to them and understand their language. Nobody else has any idea what's going on there. And it is bloody weird. And all of these, all these not very convenient. But it's also, you know, if he couldn't, what would be the story to tell? Exactly. But there is, um, there is a sort of an underlying plot here because all of them seem to mistake him for another person named Abe no Semi, who okay. is. I didn't really understand this until I started researching for the show. Um, this man existed. In Japanese history and in mythology, he is essentially the Japanese variation of Merlin. What? He was an astronomer. Oh. He was an advisor. He was this fascinating individual with his own history. But so everyone thinks he's like the reincarnation of this, uh, you know, equivalent of Japanese Merlin. Absolutely. Uh, like they recognize him as this person, and uh, it's revealed through some little like quirks that he actually does bear a blood relation to this person. Oh. That's why he can understand the creatures. Now, and, see, um, I only managed to catch two episodes of this, but I was interested to see where it goes because that first episode mm, seems same. quite light and fluffy. And then afterwards it starts getting into a lot of heavier stuff in that second episode pretty much straight off the bat. Oh, yeah. The first one is like uh, they're investigating a disturbance, which is a Romeo and Juliet plot between uh, these glowing, glorious-looking blonde angel creatures and the black-winged Kenku people. Hmm. And... Uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting little it thing. Is, it is. And then that goes straight into like zombies being summoned from like corpses and is oh my god, what I was the like, heck? Yeah, how did we end up here? I didn't expect to be heading over to well, I don't know. That was a jump. And yeah. yeah, it's um it can have its little emotional moments. Um there's a sort of but also not romantic subplot between the uh, main guy and a spirit named uh who he has named Coyote who is in fact the uh, Aztecan god of chaos, dance, and revelry. Oh, well, that sounds right. <laughs> Sorry. Huecoyotl or something. I, uh, I'm butchering that name Quetzalcoatl? Uh, no. Huecoyotl. Ah. I'm not going to try. I'm not going to try. That's the best I can well, give, guys. What, what would you Lovely. give it out of 10 inanimate objects of some form? Oh, Eight Illuminati plots out of ten. Oh, that's right. pretty good. I'd well, give it six and a half ghouls out of ten because I just haven't watched nothing Now, yet. I'm going to give this a tentative seven crystal balls hmm. out of ten. Um, and I'm, I will come back and revise that if it uh, goes well. But um, I recommend it. I'm going to let you guys take over this next one because I don't, I don't <laughs> care. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Namu Amadasu Butsu, or as we've basically come to know it as Buddha, Buddha Bros. Bros. <laughs> Now, these, this is a team centered around Shaka, called the 13 Buddhas, and two benevolent deities who protect the Dharma, the temple. Uh, they have this uh, long-standing fight with these creatures called the Mara. They are protecting normal human beings from supernatural forces. Only sometimes they're doing that. The rest yeah. of the time, they are sort of trying to do people things. <laughs> This <laughs> trying to do people things. Yeah, these are gods yes. who live in their own celestial. Truer world. words have never been said. So they come yeah, when they come down like, to earth. They have to wonder perfect. how does one order a burger? And <laughs> what this, is money exactly? This is an anime that I don't know. This is going to sound a bit ridiculous, but you know when you just sort of 
fit it, like you, you've, you've woken up and you're just sort of figuring out what to do with your day and you've got some productive stuff you could be doing and you feel bad for choosing to spend hours playing WoW instead. <laughs> no? is, is that um, what this show feels well, like? I, it just feel, I feel like I'm super lazy for watching it as there's so much out there to watch that, that seems more like productive. But... I don't. No, I, I feel like that's unfair. It. Yeah, it's kind like, of. I feel like I, that's unfair because it's it's fun. It's junk food for the soul. Yeah. It's a bit of fun. Um, these are people that are supposed to represent the Buddhist religion. And now, having said that, I realise I should probably make the caveat that how does one order a vegan burger, not a? <laughs> <laughs> Begging your pardons. Uh, each character is based off a figure from Buddhist religion and mythology. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure this anime is going to do anyone and educate insofar as the story of that sort of thing is concerned. Hmm. I, I kind of... But do do you remember that it. one we spotted a few seasons ago, which was uh, pe- literal people reincarnated versions of swords? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's exactly the vibe I got off it, and I didn't like it. And I realised this isn't my cup of tea, so mm-hmm. I'll give this a complete disinterest out of ten. Okay, I'm going for seven and a half to eight homoerotic undertones out of ten. Do we get a volleyball montage with the homoerotic <laughs> undertones? <laughs> if not, I'm not interested. <laughs> Five Lotus Sutras out of ten. It's mm. um, it's dumb, but it's fun. Right. On to more we, fun. We, we've got to talk about this one. I, I'm. I, so I you, have... ne- you need to say it with me, okay? Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. No, you, you got to say it too, Kenny. I don't Sarah, I, I say Sarah. You say Sarah. Then you say Sarah. Okay, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. Sarah. If you insist. All right. Yeah. Um, so this is and that is about as much expressive <laughs> enjoyment I'm going to give for this one. Please I love how much I'm pulling out of you guys. This is the story <laughs> don't of don't three. Don't say pulling out <laughs> when you're referring <laughs> to this anime. Oh, this is the story of three middle school boys: Kazuki, Toy, and Enter. Who are transformed into cappers by the capper prince Kepi, and help him assemble the dishes of hope, which grant wishes. The oct- oh, dishes of hope. Does that explain why that girl keeps saying dish dish? I don't know yet. Um, <laughs> otter, the, You're the, expecting an explanation. This of is a very strange show. Henchmen from the Otter Kingdom. They're also otter. lovers. Ryu and Mabu, they are the villains, stylishly creating zombies, which the boys must defeat. Are they the police officers yes. who I thought looked like Jesse and James from yep. Pokemon? Yep. So mm. the boys must defeat the zombies by extracting their shirikodama. <laughs> How do we do butt. this, boys? Through the butt. Yes. Jesus. Um, and yelling in unison, Sarazanmai. They're... Do, do, do we know what Sarazanmai actually means? I haven't looked it up because I kind of want to to try and take this in in the first watch and then I'm going to look up more to do with it in the second watch because, like, I, 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 so, so I haven't seen anything else by the director whose name is Kunihiko Ikihara except for Sailor Moon. <laughs> he worked on Sailor Moon. Was he working on Sailor Moon as a director? Or was he working yes, on... Yes, okay. I believe this so. This explains so much. Um, mm. I've been reading an awesome blog called Atelier Emily, and she's explained that a lot of his works are metaphorical and use repeated motifs such as the boxes. Yeah. There's a lot, like, if you, you have to keep re-watching it and grabbing bits and pieces. But so in, in that aspect, it's like Neon Genesis, where he's yes. created a multi-layered narrative. Yes. Th- there are a lot of people who don't like that. So uh, un- we understand mm. there are people who aren't going to watch it. Um, mm. There are other reasons I don't, really enjoy this um there is like please continue is is, is it their 
Is it like when they turn into Kappa, the dead eyes, the dainty toes, the butthole crosses, <laughs> deliberate movements? Like the uh, consistent <laughs> visuals of things coming out of a creature's butt. Why, why did you mention Garfield? Because of the cat. You know, the cat that's in it. Yeah, but th- this is no place to be talking <laughs> I'm about. Sorry, I'm sorry, John. John. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ladies and gentlemen, also, Google that at your peril. How about that end theme? How amazing Look, is it? I, I have a couple of things to say here. Literally, I have two points. So there is a use of metaphors in physical objects, which appear to be a common theme for the creator. And I love the opening and outro, and that is it. <laughs> I'm done. There you go. I've said it all. I've what? said okay. all I need to show, say on this song. What, you're going to give it out of 10? Two aneurysms out of 10. <laughs> Kenny? Uh, you first, you first. This is Eight yours. chocolate starfish out oh, of ten. <laughs> Jesus. All right. One of us is going to go there, so. I'm going to give this a two. Two sets of earmuffs and blindfolds for me and Kyle. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you guys I, I, I will shake out. on that. Let's let's uh, yeah, thank like you very much. I feel like you're missing out. Like well, you're just so bothered by the butt <laughs> stuff. It's not it's not the butt stuff which bothers me. It's <laughs> the sheer ludicrousness of it. If there was no butt stuff in it though, I think you'd give it a slightly higher mark, wouldn't you? <laughs> I, right? I, no. It's all no. about the shirikadama. It's the it's, folk. It's, it's not Legend. It's not to do with the butt stuff that puts me off. It's, I, it's I okay if it is. Greatly, no, I just I don't like stories that try too hard to be metaphysical and metaphorical out of the box. Um, it's why I really struggled to watch... Um, uh, what's the one with a really long name to do with the vampire girl who floats? Um, what will happen at the end uh, of the world? S- will S- you S- save S- us? Stationary Mon- vampire. Yeah, Monogatari. Yes, uh, right. Baka Monogatari. And then there's also uh, Saryanya Adgantabari, I think it was. I'm, well. I'm going to watch this for you both. Okay. And you can tell us yes, I'll, I'll uh, if tell it actually has it. something to tell. We yeah. respect your sacrifice, Coco. Well, she doesn't <laughs> think it's a sacrifice. <laughs> and that's the saddest part of all. <laughs> so, going back to the only good thing about Sarah Zandmai, here is a cover by Robin Ardery. Now, she has done the ending song, Stand By Me, which is performed by the, Eggies, uh, the Peggies. It's the ending theme for Sarah Zandmai, and she's a singer-songwriter from the US. She's actually just released her first album on iTunes, so please oh. check out her context via the link in this episode's description. We'll also be linking it on our Facebook as well.
thunder. Wow. Beautiful sound. And she absolutely nailed that. Knocked it out the park. That was wonderful. Is that going to be another copyright strike? Probably. It's, <laughs> it's, I actually, I think I prefer her pronunciation than the original, but I mean, that that's just me. Um, I really enjoyed that a lot. Um, so thank you so much for letting us use that, Robin. Yeah, thank you. Um, we now need to talk about the shows which have continued into this season or had a sequel. And we'll start straight off the top with probably one of the biggest hitters in my books, which was Dororo. Uh, I ex- oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. I expected so much uh, of this series. I expected... It's my expectations everything. were so high. Look at my expectations. They are up there. That's an unfamiliar scene. Why did they leave me hanging? They didn't. No spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> So the climax of the last three episodes is utterly incredible. I love every moment my of it. Feels can't handle Coco it. Coco is almost in, tear, in tears right now, just for you listeners who are I'm unsure. Sh- um, it is absolutely incredible. It is oh a, my such goodness. a well-rounded and complete story. It honors the original manga beautifully. The characters are all human and amazing and relatable, and they all have strong motives. Even the people who are villains, there is no real true villain other than the demons themselves. And I, I want more. I want I more of Dororo and Hyakimaru. We need more. You know what? I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. I'm, I'm happy. I, I would love more, but just just like with Megaloblox, I'm happy with how it's ended. They, exactly. They, you could do more, but you don't have to. Now, if you haven't caught Dororo, um, Dororo is basically a story of Hyakimaru. His father is a lord of a region which is undergoing mm, a great ca- plight. And Daigo Kagemitsu. Yeah, and um, he decides to make a deal with a set of demons. Um, and when his first son is born, Hyakimaru, he's born normal, and suddenly almost all of his body parts other than his core frame is taken. So he loses his eyes, his limbs, his, his skin, cord. everything. Each of these things sacrificed to one of the devils to appease them to mm-hmm. bring like prosperity to the land. But not all the devils got everything, which is why he still survived with his life. And then Hyakimaru grows up and decides to reclaim his body parts. Using bit by bit. His bo- he is basically this collection of prosthetic limbs hiding blades and he is just mm. out for vengeance. Mm. And along the way he meets Dororo, um, a young child. And um, Dororo, I guess, kind of serves as the conduit for us to connect to Hyakimaru. Yeah. Hyakimaru can't see, he can't hear, he can't smell, he can't mm. do anything. And Dororo is an orphan and he attaches mm-hmm. himself to Hyakimaru. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I-, I need to give this... Th- this is hard. Because I want more. <laughs> I, I want just a little bit more. I want 10 minutes more just to wrap a couple of things up for me. Even though it's wrapped up, I want to see how it happened. I don't believe it's wrapped up. They have to give us more. Right? <laughs> no, it's yes! finished. No, it's all, it This be. is the same point the give manga ended. Whoever's listening, please. <laughs> all right, pull the mic away. You're too loud. You need to calm your farm. Have a nice cup of hot cocoa. I give it 14. Why did they leave me hanging like that? It's out of 10. Okay? 14 out it's of 10. It's my final word. All right. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to give it a 9.9.5 dead demons out of 10. 10 errant limbs out of 10. This was... Just wow. This was another one of those case. animes which was just... Exactly it, what it needed it, to it be. It hit every single note without fail. There was no dull moments. There was nothing wrong throughout the series as far as pacing stories even the side stories which someone would consider filler actually attributed and contributed to both Hyakimaru and Dororo's character development and 
also their overall story about what their role is. This one is it, another oh. star in the anime heavens, folks. This, no, is, th- this, this just... is probably one of our <laughs> most highly recommended. And when we get to the year yeah. in review, this will be making an appearance you it watch. excellent. Um, after Dororo, there's Shield Hero. The rising of the Shield Hero. And he keeps rising higher and higher and higher. Uh, um, so, Shield Hero. Like that um, song by the greats. Uh, all I want to say is announced season two already. I've loved this. Um, it's, stood, it's a standout isekai genre for me. It's not mm. your generic, oh, I'm over here and now I have a harem and oh, everything's yeah. going great. It's No, no. There are trials and tribulations. People are not to be trusted and you will have to earn your place in this world. And earned yeah. it has Against... He. All odds. Mm. Now, if you haven't uh, aren't aware of what uh, the Rising of the Shield Hero is, it's an isekai story. So, um, a guy is summoned to another world um, along with three other gentlemen from parallel worlds that are also have Japan in them. Mm. Um, they are all assigned a role as a hero to help fight these incoming waves of darkness, which are trying to literally destroy their world. Um, however, in the very first episode, uh, he's betrayed um, mm. by one of the girls who claims that he's you know, uh, being... Uh, forced himself upon Forced her. himself upon her. Thank you. Um, and then he has to rebuild everything from scratch. From nothing. And to put things in perspective, each of them are given a legendary weapon with which to save the world. He is given a shield. He cannot He's attack. not able to hold... A, um, one of the rules of these legendary weapons is that you're not actually able to pick up another weapon with it. Mm. Um, if you do, it disintegrates or it burns your hand, depending on um, how long you hold on to it. Uh, so he is in a very tough spot all mm-hmm. throughout the very start of this anime. But um, I would like to sum things up in one word for later in the series vindication (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah so um we get to around episode 20 and you start getting to the real nuts and bolts of what's going on in the behind the scenes and you get some seriously lovely revenge Mm. um you know they say a fate worse than worse than death oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) um the story has the final story arc is starting to expand more on the world and the more complicated nature of the waves that of evil that are coming to and the other villains who have appeared such as glass um the last episode reveal last two episodes reveal a lot mm-hmm. about the situation they're in and i know you two haven't watched it yet so i'm not going to say anything yet but wah yeah it's awesome. it, it's literally it, it's the same as Attack on Titan. What Attack on Titan did this season, where you suddenly get a much bigger understanding of the world. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so I'll give it ten blood sacrifices out of ten. Mm, ten shields out of ten for me. Nine electrocutions out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Vindication. That makes me happy. On that note, Attack on Titan season three part two. Wow! Wow! <laughs> Wow. Well, um, I, I've already read past this point in the manga, but... Um, As you keep reminding us. Oh, I just want them to get to it already. It's so good. I so, uh, I fell behind a bit on this. Yeah. I had everything else on my you, plate. You are up to the last battle from memory, so you haven't seen the big revelation. Oh, my I s- goodness. I saw Kenton. the final battle and the results there in it. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, so um, we finally learn about the world outside the walls. And... Um, and what is in the basement? Then a bit more about the Titan. Yes, the basement mm. that everyone's been chasing. Now, like this also, this season where off. it's ending will perfectly tie in to a fourth season, which will literally cover, I, I'd imagine, almost the whole story arc of what's happening in the manga now. Ooh. Like the, They have, to be fair, used a lot of filler 
a lot of filler in the manga, um, which I feel they can cut out quite comfortably. Like, there's backstories of people who appear for like two episodes and then kind of disappear. And unless they're going to come back as a major person, I don't see the point of them animating that. Um, but um, I feel like this is heading towards a climax in the manga. And I'd be surprised if season four isn't the last. Mm-hmm. Because we're, we're getting there. Yeah. We're, we're getting to some pretty epic levels. Um, I give it eight Titan punches out of ten. Mm, that last episode just takes you right back to the beginning. It is incredible. Can't say more. Just watch it. Ten smiling titans out of ten. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that little Easter egg. I've been... Uh, you don't even know what that Easter egg is, so you will find that out later. I've been sticking with this series since the beginning, and I've I've just been, you know, rocked by it. Ten tremendous feels out of ten. This is mm. exceptionally yeah. written. Now... The last one. It's a big one. People were very excited about this. Mm-hmm. One Punch Man Season 2. Yes. Now, it's Season 2. Need I really say more? It is still bringing it. Mm-hmm. They are still delivering. Now, Saitama is still being an amazing person. Um, well... I'm, I'm not going to... He's, he's an average person <laughs> yeah. with amazing abilities. <laughs> yeah. So, um, One Punch Man, if you don't know what it's about, I'm not going to bother explaining Attack on Titan because um, there's far too much to yeah, explain. Really if you if you would point. like to see people fighting Titans, have a look at the Wikipedia entry. There's like nine paragraphs on the synopsis to get you into it. Mm. Um, One Punch Man, uh, Saitama has basically done trained his whole life to become a hero and he was really weak so then he just kept training I think it was like 100 push ups yeah. 100 sit ups 100 and, squats and a 10k run, run every day and yeah. not allowed to use the air conditioner ever yeah he's accidentally became the strongest hero but no one realises it yeah because every single one of his fights ends with one, one punch. punch yeah much to his disappointment he's bored out of his mind mm-hmm. there's nothing he can find that can give him you know the the, the what what the, he's the, been the competitive uh, challenge. Yeah, you want you guys want to know something hilarious? I saw on mm-hmm. my way back from the city yesterday. I was on my phone browsing through Facebook, and a trailer has come up for a One Punch Man video game. Oh yeah, I meant to mention that in the news. So that is coming to PC, Xbox, and PS4. Um, I, I don't think in October. I don't understand. I I I don't get it. If if you play as him, then. One punch, it's yeah, over. It, it's, I don't get it. The, the game's not going to have much of a challenge. You're going to be bored. Is it, is it going to be that his aim's really bad? I, uh, there was something. Like, no, it's just going to be that he needs to get to the shops to, to, to catch <laughs> his, his, you know. So it yeah. appears to be a fighting game. So there was one comment which basically uh, made me think, huh, that checks out. Uh, so everyone else gets a health bar. He gets a boredom bar or a late bar. Basically... <laughs> You know, you yeah, hit him yeah. enough, he has to say, uh, I'm uh, bored. Oh, no, I have to get to the like shops him. quickly. It's <laughs> well, um, it greatly expands on season one, and it's got an overarching story focusing on the rise of the villain organization and introduces a lot of new characters. Yeah, he's got a gaming buddy now. He does. Number one hero, All Might. I mean, uh, Line. I mean, King. King, yes. <laughs> and um, look, the human never leaves this show. No. I love that. No, it's it's great. So um, in this season, he does enter a fighting tournament um, because he wants to learn what martial arts are about and meet some pretty interesting people in there. However, I, I'm going to be honest. While I love this show, the pacing for this season hasn't been great. No? No. Um, there's a lot more that could have happened with the time they've used. The fighting tournament Saitama was in has taken eight episodes. 
This isn't Dragon Ball. But, but <laughs> maybe say, it is. I was going to say, it kind of harkens back to how it was done in the old days of anime. They, 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 they mm. use time um, of him talking to another nondescript character on the side of it. Like, that, that could be better used, you know? know? I feel like all but of the For something vignettes. we've only gotten, you know, what, 18 episodes of, including yeah. the specials for the previous one, and 12 episodes now, you would hope they would pack more in. And while they did in the first couple of episodes, as soon as they started this tournament, I feel like it just dragged on. I just couldn't wait for it to be over so we could see some time ago punch someone who deserved it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. But like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I still loved it. Yeah. I just want more. Yeah. I'm, I'm too used to the um, uh, My Hero Academia turnout where you get 24 mm. episodes and you're like, yes, okay, take time to do that mm. character development. Um, but at this point, I think I'm just going to return to reading the manga instead. Um, yeah, cool. Because I want to get that development. I want to know the story. And it's been, what, three years, four years since the mm, first season? I'm not waiting another four. Well, that, that, that's, I, um, just my, that's just my stance. I, I think that they will continue to deliver. We'll just have to wait and see what they do with the rest of it. Um, I'm going to give it nine vouchers out of ten. <laughs> nine discount vouchers out yeah. of ten. <laughs> Eight sales at the shops out of ten. I'm giving it seven bad haircuts out of ten. <laughs> More in particularly seven bad wigs. Um, <laughs> so that is pretty much all of the big ones we've fully watched. We do have a couple of uh, honourable and dishonourable mentions to talk about in a moment. But first, we've got another song by Romy. Um, this one's probably going to get us um, trademark blocked. Uh, yeah, they'll probably oh, come after you're us. You're tearing us apart, Romy! Um, this is He's the song, which is the second opening of Shield Hero. It's called Faith by Mad Kid. The uh, I think they're technically a boy band. Um, but Pretty they, much. Well, I mean, if you watch the video clips, it's very boy band. <laughs> but um, once again, Romy has managed to absolutely nail it. Now or never, just write it out. Just write it out. Just write it out. Just write it out. Nice guy reflecting my eyes. He got a host and one of us. Mate. He's a bit of all right. He's just a bit of all right. <laughs> My <cat>. God. <laughs> like, you. Cheers, I, I, I very rarely come across musicians that can absolutely nail 
a cover the way he does mm. and he does it all himself every instrument that's awesome like not we're used to hearing from musicians who well like people who have covered a song by doing just the vocal melody and someone else has done a composition for it or mm. um anime song collab who they all get together and record it in the individual <laughs> parts and send it in um mm. romy is just a machine and uh you should support him because he's got plenty of stuff on itunes and um you can even listen to him on spotify Link included in the description below. Mm-hmm. Now, let's get into our honourable and dishonourable mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll start at the top, After Lost, also known as Shometsu Toshi. Um, I wanted to like it. I felt like it might have been a dark horse. And by dark horse, I mean it was the shadow of a horse and not actually there, um, unfortunately. Um, shadow of a horse with no name. Yeah. Um, it could be a lot better than it is, and it probably stems from the fact that it originally comes from a mobile game about being a delivery guy. So, yeah. Um, it The story feels shallow, but they move it along so fast that you don't actually get a chance to question it. Um, yeah. And I feel like what we've seen is... We've seen all this before. Like, you know... And I want to know what connects the girl Yuki with the events that well, which rocked the world called Lost. But I, I'm, I don't have any more idea I, after three episodes what's going on. I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm just bored. I mean, this is based off a mobile game. Let's uh, recall, remember. So yeah, I mean, there are elements of time travel and parallel worlds in it, but they just gloss over the details, and that for me just doesn't doesn't do it so i i ended up dropping after lost and i think you guys did even earlier than i did pretty much yeah Mm. um then there's roby hatchy now i need to return to this yeah i feel like i need to return to it as well we only got one episode in and then we completely forgot about it i feel like it's something that just fell by the wayside but i really do want to go back to it i like these characters from what little i know about them Mm -hmm. however while it's got a strong space dandy vibe there's a lot of nonsensical moments and more and more escalation Mm -hmm. which is you know, it, it just made me, when I was watching it, go, just get a bigger drill. We'll be fine. It'll be great. <laughs> and then suddenly, uh, Mecca. Yeah. Um, it could be good. We've not given, we've not watched enough to give it a solid review. Um, we will come love back the to this banter. another point. The Between banter was the good. characters, yeah. But uh, we are, once again, basing off the first episode. And yeah. if reviews online are to be believed, kind of goes downhill. Um, we'll see if that's the case. Um, yes. Make up our own mind from there. Um, Kono Oto Tomare, The Sounds of Life. Now, we forgot about this one. Um, hmm. And I wasn't too keen, um, but I was really surprised by the first two episodes. Yeah, I'm so far I'm enjoying it. I mean, I was kind of expecting something a bit softer. Um, you're, you're, I kind presented. of was expecting like something like K on or yeah, you know. yeah and um, I mean, there's a bit of K on there as well because they're going like you know they're going to pick up their members as they go. Yeah, um, it's not like hard, particularly hard or dark. It's just you get hit with the realism hammer it, a little. It's heavy on the drama part of the music yeah. drama genre. Um, I mean, it's not light and simple drama yeah. like you find in k or other light no. music style shows. In, in, a, in a nutshell, uh, the school's Koto Club has only one member left and faces disbandment. Um, and it's, I think what it's going to be mm. is like, what, like at the at the end of episode one, we have one more member. Yeah. Um, with episode a few little two, maybe tidbits. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's going to be episodic. Um, the the interactions of Takazo, who's the only remaining member of the club, everyone else has graduated, and Chika, who is the first guy to join, who's his thug friend. His thug friend. The misunderstood thug. It's pretty much My Hero Academia's Midoriya and Kachan. If Kachan wanted to be friends. That's <laughs> aggressively yeah. wanted uh, to be. Friends. I really want to be your friend. You know what yes. this actually reminded me of? Hinomaru Sumo. 
Oh, yes. yes. It's, it's another school club facing Disbandment, strife, yeah. Which is literally every school club anime. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Except Unless for the, the ones with the council. Except oh, for, yeah. <laughs> except for Haruhi Suzumiya. Well, yeah, that's... That's she would literally different. will the club into existence if they said no anyway. So we're you know. going to probably get back to that in a later episode. Yeah, we, we should actually probably um, we we do obviously try and um, bring episodes that relate to what's currently going on and so forth. But mm. I I do think should we need to do a deep dive. Yeah, let's. Do, I think we should discuss Harui. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Demon Slayer, Kimetsu yes. no Yaiba. Now, I liked this. I am liking it mm. so far. I'm actually really enjoying it because there's. I was expecting pure shonen, yeah, and I did get some sh- some pretty good shonen. Um, yes. It was probably the most anticipated new show of this season, actually. There's yeah, it a was very like strong shonen ba- fan base for it. Heavily advertised. This looked like it was going to be a big golden mm. child, and but that is the thing. It is shonen. It is everything you have seen mm-hmm. before. It is katanas to the max. It is just mm. all this sort of but thing. There but there is something a little bit different that I can't put my finger on yet. It's Somehow the elements, mm. these like done mm. before has been elements, have been brought together in a particular style, which makes it somewhat it, compelling. It you, you watch it and you go, while this has all the elements of Naruto and One Piece yeah. and Bleach, it's none of them. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Golden Kamui. Yeah. In its execution. Um, it's... We, we I had haven't to watched get, as much of this as we wanted. I think only no, about two or three episodes. I had to get used to the massive eyes the characters have. <laughs> yeah. I, but I, that, I that was that. actually easy, to be honest. Uh, I love the clothes they're wearing, the way mm. their environments are animated. Um, and it just stops short of going real proper dark. It does. Now, this, we should probably note, is rated R. And oh. uh, the... Uh, quick synopsis uh, Tanjiro Kamado returns home from selling charcoal in the village to find his family have been killed by demons uh, one demon in particular his sister Kezuko, uh, Nezuko is the sole survivor of the incident and she has been bitten and turned into a demon but still seems to have human emotions and behaviour so he embarks on his path to become a demon hunter um, he has a very good nose um, which oh, yeah, considering they burn charcoal is a bit of an odd trait to have I imagine it would be pretty full of smoke mm. um, but this has been a manga which started in 2016. So you think, okay, so it's got maybe two, th- two and a half years under its belt. Um, it's in weekly Shonen Dump, which means it's now up to 180 odd chapters because uh, it's this had a turns chapter into another oh, One wow. Piece. So I'll yeah. be a little bit upset. <laughs> so um, we, as I said, we didn't get to watch it as much as we'd like, but we'll get back to that with a proper rating once we do finish it. Um, I, I know, Kenny, you were a bit skeptical on this because you've been burned by Shonen shows before. I, it's and I where can't I kind blame of you. Came from it's. I was a Bleach fan way back in the day. It was the one thing that really drew me into anime properly. It's not as much fun as drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, will, no. I will give the show its due it is good to its fan base it is it is but i'm not all right anymore these two fill me with dread and i'm gonna have to retract some comments on one of them because i ended up watching the rest of it mm-hmm. uh you know you what that whole you thing. know <laughs> Yeah, no. yeah, so it's an anime with the words no in the capitals in the title, and I originally was going to say all I can say to this is no. Um, I had a lot of problems with it when we fo- watched that first episode, okay. and this afternoon I watched the last five minutes, which we didn't get to. It actually bring it, it handled parallel dimension jumps quite good. Oh, and yes? I, 
there is a strong fan base for this because it was based on a visual novel. And I felt like that was artificially inflating its um, its figures as far as its rating. But I might be wrong. I, I mean, I immediately got the deja vu vibe of every visual novel adaptation that I've seen. Mm. Um, however, I think I need to give it a bigger look. I need to actually give it the solid try because it's okay. it, seem, it seems like there might be a lot more at play here if as long as they do it in a sequential order. As long as they don't follow the trope of visual novels where they try to cram in multiple story routes from the visual novel by going back to the beginning, the moment they do that, they'll lose me. But if they have it in a sequential order where he goes to a parallel universe and finds his mother, and then which is what happens at the end of the first episode, um, and then he goes on and finds someone else he needs to save and brings them with him as a party returning to the original home, huh. then if it's sort of like Sliders, I'll be cool with that. And there is there is a bit of a Sliders vibe to sliders, it. Sliders, that takes me yeah. So, a visual novel. Yes. A, it says here it was a visual novel adventure game. Yes. So v- visual novel adventure game, vis- VN for sure. I want to sure. know more. I've never and actually it's, it's not cause tried we, one we, of these. We've seen like dating sims and stuff like that. They tend to be the ones that are mostly in the visual novel franchise these days. But this one kind of dates back to before they became super ecky. Now, there was one adaptation of this done, which was basically pure H material. Mm. Um, and... Everyone who's played the game, who's went and weighed in on it uh, for a review, came in wanting to see the story actually adapted and were very disappointed by the interpretation of the whole story, saying the characters were nothing like they were in the VN. Okay. So I'm going to give it the try, and if it's good, you will hear about it again. If you don't, well, there's your answer. Let us know how it goes. Mm. I'll probably watch it later. Back onto my... Oh, dear, what's this one? Rage to educate America on the philosopher... Wise man's grandchild. And you know how I was saying earlier about literal translations not being right? Yes. That's the literal translation. So use the actual translation. Philosopher's grandson. It makes more bloody sense. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Not that he's, you know, angry about this or something. No, not at all. Um, It seemed a bit interesting to start with, and it quickly fell into that cliche isekai and magic school trope. And I have no interest. I I, I wanted it to be good, but... mm. I want to keep with it just to see if it uh, you know, jumps out of that magical school rut. I'll see how it goes. I'll let you know. I'll report back. You'll report back. Okay. I'll listen to your reports back. <laughs> cool. Well, um, that pretty much wraps up all of the shows we've had a chance to actually check out mm-hmm. this season. Basically. Um, there are others that we didn't get time to watch or just kind of didn't fit our personal tastes. I mean, kind of as it says in the sting, no, we didn't watch them all. The yeah. thing about <laughs> too many. The thing about yeah. the anime world is there is just so much out there. There is something that'll appeal to everyone's taste these mm-hmm. days. It's and I mean, if you want to watch this season's Beyblade, by all means, go for it. But you're not going to get me interested. <laughs> I, I've experienced that once in childhood, and never again am I going to get caught into a phase of getting things out of chip packets and throwing them at other people's things out of chip packets. Oh Unless God, they bring they back used to come in chip packets. Yeah, they, they did. They had the Tarzos. <laughs> Actually, yeah. you know what I really liked? Odd bods. Oh, they were great. Odd bods. I yeah. had heaps. Uh, very Australian. Uh, moving right along. The Wi-Fi Radio. And that's another show done and dusted at Kawaii Fi Radio. We'll be back in a fortnight with obviously 
the new anime season. Oh dear. And it's the summer season, and it's scorching hot, except for down under where it's soaking wet. And I'm going to read the news. Okay, you can read the news, Coco. We will you. let you read the news. And inspired by Senrio Girl, I'm going to continue practicing my poetry. Oh, oh, we've got another good one here, have we? Mm-hmm. Give me a... Hit me. Fool. Have you not heard? I am Sakamoto-san. Cool. Cooler. <laughs> Love that anime. We, that is another topic we will have to discuss. Uh, Sakamoto Dezuka, um, which oh, is yeah. I Am Brilliant. Sakamoto. Um, very good show. Haven't you now, heard? next uh, episode, as we said, is going to be all about the new anime season. There are a lot of big animes getting released this summer. Um, continuing shows, highly anticipated shows, award-winning mangas being converted into shows. There is a Ooh. lot to dive through. We'll try and kind of filter in the stuff which we know will be good and won't be the same generic buddy card fight, mm-hmm. um, which I don't understand how that is still going. Uh, it, it's like it's Yu-Gi-Oh! A knockoff of Yu-Gi-Oh! Which is in itself a knockoff of something else. I haven't like, been blessed with the experience of watching Yu-Gi-Oh. You can just watch it abridged. It's much better than the yes. actual show. <laughs> Not to insult the fans of these shows, but yeah, even later seasons start to feel like knockoffs of the original. Mm. Uh, on that note, actually, um, a horrifying thing happened at the uh, in the US to do with Yu-Gi-Oh card games. Oh, no. um, they had to implement a scent rule. If you are too smelly in the venue, oh. you will be evicted. Wow. Yeah. And uh, they don't mean that as in you're farting a lot, as in your body odor. You haven't washed in days. Oh if you no. have to be told to clean your clothes, you, you, you probably shouldn't be going out in public, buddy. Yeah. Wash yourselves, people. Mm-hmm. So in between now and then, we'll be back in a fortnight's time. Uh, make sure you check out uh, some of the anime that we've been talking about if you can. And please do have a look in our links description for all the people who have performed their lovely yes. covers for this show. They really put in amazing work and mm. we're so lucky that they agree to let us use their content. Thank you so anime much. Anime music is fantastic, but when talented artists have a passion for it as well, oof, almost even better. Mm-hmm. It helps out especially with their revenue if you can watch one of their videos and you know put up with an ad or two. Yeah. And, you know... Uh, from there, we'll uh, watch some anime. Yes. And enjoy yourself. Catch you next time. Bye. Ta-